Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campia Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good things. And ladies and gentlemen, he is my favorite brother-in-law. Yeah. He is the guy sitting over there. He's going to be talking with you guys in the chat today. Uh, Ray Ora is here, ladies and gentlemen. Two Ray, days in doing? a row. We got it. You're uh, you're already in the chat there, talking yeah. to people already. Ray's keeping an eye on everything over there. And, of course, we also have Kimberly Curran is here. Kimberly, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. I'm wonderful. And, uh, guys, I hope you guys are awesome and wonderful today. We do have a lot of stuff that we need to cover, like a hell of a lot of stuff. There's Harry Potter stuff. There's Spider-Man stuff. There's James Bond stuff. There's Don't Look Up stuff. There's a lot of stuff for us to talk about here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We break it into two parts. The first half of the show, we talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your questions. Now, if you've got a question you'd like to fire in to be read on the show or an upcoming companion video, simply go down into the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your question read on the show if it's, of course, appropriate for our show. And, of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time. And all of us here involved with the John Campia Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Also want to remind you guys that if you can't get your daily fix of the John Campia show in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting or at the gym or at work or whatever. Good news. There is the audio only version known as the John Campia podcast. It is available now on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Just go and subscribe to it today. So it'll be there when you need it, need it. And all of us here, thank all of you guys for su su supporting the podcast and subscribing to it already. Okay, guys. With that down, let's get into a bunch of off the tops. I don't know if you saw this, guys. Like there were like a, a number of like very large off the tops that already kind of came out that they're kind of rolling around. So let's get over to it and talk about these. The first thing is this. You guys might remember that uh, a little bit ago, HBO Max did this incredibly successful Friends reunion. Do you remember that? They did that whole friends, like, like get back reflection and talking about, and they brought, they had all the cast there. They brought in all the, like all the major guest stars who had been on and all that kind of stuff. And I wasn't the biggest friends guy, but I did enjoy the show. I thought it was quite funny. That HBO special was great. Like I was watching it and I was feeling nostalgic for it, even though I didn't, I wasn't really the biggest fan of it. Right. Right. So there's that. Well, now comes word that today, being the, you want to feel old guys? Get ready. Here's, here's your feeling old moment for the day. Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter movie, which I think was the Philosopher's Stone. Was that the name of it? Harry Potter and the, the Sorcerer's Stone. The Sorcerer's Stone, right. Somewhere else it was called the Philosopher's Stone, I think. But anyway, oh, really? Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was released 20 years ago today. 20 years ago, Harry Potter came out. If you want now to add to the feeling old thing, Stop. All, all those kids, all those kids are now in their thirties. We are indeed. Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson. They are all in their thirties. Rupert Grint's a dad now. He's a daddy. Didn't he set a record? Like, I think, no, seriously, I think Rupert Grint, he like, I think he posted a picture. A record of what? I, I think he posted a picture of him and his new baby 
on Instagram, and oh, I think it, it broke like the, the record. Back the, of the baby's head, and it, it like, like that. broke yeah. the internet or something. It yeah. broke the. I think it broke the Instagram record for like most views in 24 hours of an Instagram post. Oh or my something. god! It was something like that. It was something crazy like that, right? Oh my gosh! But anyway, they're all in their 30s now, and now it's been announced this morning that HBO Max is doing a. Harry Potter returned to Hogwarts special, much like that Friends thing. And that Friends thing was huge numbers for HBO Max. Massive. And now they're talking about they're going to be bringing back all the cast as well. Now, this comes to us from the folks over at Variety. who are saying the original Hogwarts wizarding, wizarding trio are, ret- are reuniting to recount their adventures from two decades ago. Daniel Ratcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson uh, will join the filmmaker Christopher Columbus and other cast members from all eight of the Harry Potter films, which is huge, uh, for the first time in an HBO Max retrospective special to celebrate the anniversary of the franchise's first film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which premiered 20 years ago today. Um, Harry Potter, the 20th anniversary return to Hogwarts, will premiere on HBO Max on New Year's Day, January 1st. I know a lot of people are going to look forward to that. The feature will tell an enchanting making of story through an all-new in-depth interviews and cast conversations, according to HBO Max. All eight of the Warner Brothers original Harry Potter films uh, are currently streaming on HBO Max. And then it tells us about some other people are going to be in there as well. Other alum of the film franchise joining the tribute are set to include Helena Bottom Carter will be there. Robbie Coltrane, Rafe Fiennes, the best actor in the world who doesn't have an Academy Award currently. Jason Isaacs, Gary Oldman, Imelda Staunton, uh, Tom Felton, James Phelps, Oliver Phelps, uh, the twins, I believe that's the twins, Mark Williams, Bonnie Wright, Alfred Enoch, Matthew Lewis, uh, Ivana Lynch, and Ian Hart. So if you are a Potterhead, this is great news for you. Great, great news for you. Uh, I, what do you think? Like, were you, I, I don't know. Have we ever talked about this? Are you a big Potter fan? Like, have you watched the Potter movies? Are you like, what do you think I about this? am. I had to revisit them. I mean, there's so many of the films. And when um, we were like, I think when we were four films in, um, like my nephews were born. And so every time I went to the movies, I could never pay attention because I was trying to get them to like, be quiet, stop throwing things. So I never really got to pay attention to them. So I just did a rewatch of all of them not long ago, about a month and a half ago. And I was like, oh, this is why I love them. I'm excited for this. I think it'll be so cool. I'm actually really happy and proud of like, proud, listen to me, um, of like, as a fan of where the actors have gone, like nobody's really trashed their life. You know, Emma Watson's a brilliant young lady, graduated college. Daniel Radcliffe is doing great. Rupert Grant is a dad now. Um, I think it'll be bittersweet not having Alan Rickman and some of the other cast members that have passed away. That'll hit hit a little bit different because he was like... The, you know, he he gave me all the feels. And so I'm excited for this. This is good news. I Yeah, I think this is going to be really big for people who are Potter fans. The, uh, got to address the elephant in the room, though. There's one name that wasn't mentioned. J.K. Rowling. Oh, my God. I didn't even what, realize JK that. J.K. Oh is not mentioned in this. You now, can't. Oh. <laughs> what were you about to say? I'm sorry. I was about to say... I, I know everyone feels a certain way, but you can't really have it without her. And just her story of being like a mom, like on the brink of homelessness and then creating this world that we have some, become so engrossed in that has become so much of our culture. 
uh, it just wouldn't feel I, right. But I can see them doing it. I, well, because see, see, this is where I question. This is what I wonder because thoughts right now, or whatever. She, I mean, she obviously has expressed some opinions that yeah. aren't popular amongst certain people. Yeah, get it. But she is Harry Potter. She is the architect of this world. But How do you she's, not? She's not just the architect. Her. Like it's it's her it's her thing. dream. But it's, what if it's just about the movies, like the shooting, like you know, filming it, and but like there would the be no movies. Character. Her. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But what if they're just their insight is just from the actor's point of view of how making the films. What if it's not really about like you know, you know, creating this. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. But here's here's what I wonder though, because. You know how they open, they've got Harry Potter world over here at Universal, Universal Studios, yeah. right? Not a stone could be put in that place that JK didn't approve of. Not not a color of a curtain could go into that place without JK approving it. I actually wonder, I don't think HBO Max is even allowed to do this without JK without JK's blessing. So I wonder a couple of things, and I honestly don't know the answer. Number one, are they just not mentioning her in this article because they don't need to mention her in the article? It's her property. This right, is her right. creation. Yeah. She wrote all of these things. Or is it they're trying to keep her away from it because, again, sharing some unpopular opinions? Or is this JK, I might suspect that JK's like, yeah, let's do this special, but so there's no distraction I'm going to stay out of it myself. And she's making that decision. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I have no guess here. What are you thinking? Why does this remind me of like a Real Housewives reunion where the one that causes all the wine-throwing drama... Why would you even assume I would know anything <laughs> about the Real Housewives? Like, it's like, I'm remember just that Real saying, Housewives thing? No, I'm just saying, for those of you, if you know, you know, this reminds me of like when that one cast member who nobody wants to see stays home and they're like, I'm just Zooming because I'm busy and traveling. No, you're not you were invited you can't come you can't step in the building i don't know i i honestly think um maybe they they will have something with her but it might be like here's a message from harry potter creator and then she'll share a little bit and then they'll get back to the main cast on whatever set they choose to do this on that's, yeah, thinking, that's how i think it'll go down i'm thinking if she's not in it then it's her choice not to be in it because i don't think hbo has the authority to do this without her without her without her okay i don't think she, they have the ability to do that without her okay so i'm thinking if they do it and if she's not in and she very well could be but if she's not in i think it's her choice to not be in but i don't know well, whatever it is what do you think right no i'm just saying like i i don't want to hear the harry potter story again like how it came to be i'd rather the special be like what the actors thought of each other or who they got along with the most. You want to like, know who slept with who? No, no. I mean, it's like those you things totally that we do. The, the things that aren't like, we don't hear about or all the time. We, all of us know what Harry Potter is and the story. I don't, I don't need to watch two hours of just them, you know, telling me stuff I already know. I'd rather know about that stuff. But honestly, <laughs> I have no idea what the story behind Harry Potter is. I have no, I like you were just mentioning she was homeless. So I, I never, I don't know any of that. I don't know what the inspiration for it was. But then again, I'm it's not a hardcore Potter fan. So yeah. I don't really know. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? I think if you're a Harry Potter fan, the idea of this reunion special, especially seeing how well HBO did with that Friends one. Like I said, I'm not even a huge Friends fan, but I thought that thing was awesome. This could be very exciting. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top. And that one is this. 
every once in a while a movie comes out where you look at the cast and you think to yourself, this could be one of the greatest casts ever assembled. It happens. There's a movie coming out on Netflix called Don't Look Up that definitely falls under that category, that you have to wonder, could this be like the greatest cast ever assembled? It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet, the the newest, the next Daniel Day-Lewis, if you will, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, Ron Perlman, Mark Rylance, Michael Chiklis, Tyler Perry, uh, Kid Cudi. Uh, did I mention Ron Perlman? I think I did. did. Ariana Grande, uh, and and on and on. You're talking about at least Oscar nominated, and some wins. At least nominated: Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep. I think Mark Rylance was nominated for an Academy Award as well. You got like six Academy Award nominees. Some of those are winners in the, in one movie, in one movie. So we've been talking about this one for a while. They released the first trailer for it a bit ago, but this morning they dropped a brand new trailer for it. And I'm going to tell you guys what it's awesome. It, I thought the trailer was awesome. Now, you know, me, Netflix original movies suck. <laughs> Nine out of 10 Netflix original movies suck. When Netflix is putting out an original series, you can pretty much take it to the bank that it's going to be good. When they're putting out a Netflix original movie, pretty much take it to the bank, it'll suck. There are obviously exceptions, The Irishman, Old Guard, several others. There are obviously some exceptions, but about nine, for every one good one they put out, about nine of them suck. But this is going to be one of those exceptions. I think this movie is like Netflix's, it's kind of like The Irishman. I feel like once a year, they'll actually try. I feel like once a year- They'll get a bird box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once yeah. a year, they'll actually put a movie together, whether it was, was it Alfonso Cuaron? Is that the one who did the, um, it was nominated for Best Picture. It was all in- Roma. Black and white. Roma, right? Every once in a while, they'll do a Roma or an Irishman. Very, very rarely, but they'll do one of those once in a while- just to make it look like we know how to make great movies. And they'll put like all their effort into like one movie a year. This is that movie, I think. I think this is me, the biggest doubter of Netflix movies in the world. This movie is going to be awesome. This movie is going to be incredible. I love the tone of it. It looks like DiCaprio's trying to angle for another Academy Award nomination. Jonah Hill. I'll tell you what, ever since I saw Jonah Hill in Moneyball, Moneyball was the one for me that made me go, but like he transitioned well out of like the raunchy comedies into no, look what I can do. Well, like, you, you know, he's, where, he's really amazing. Look at him. You know what my first time I saw him was 40 year old virgin. He had one scene where he was this really big. Oh, and they went to the Best kid. Buy. Oh, no, no, the no. eBay. He, that's it. Yes. He went to the, the eBay. Boots, the boots, the clear yes, boots. Yes. Can I just leave with them now? no. It, we're selling online, but they're here. But they're here now. Can I leave with them now? No. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> we sell him. your stuff. But I just want to give you some money so I can take his these boots. That's, attitude. A, that's <laughs> the first time I ever took notice of Jonah Hill. And then he did like a lot of comedy, obviously. But then, then he's in Moneyball. And it's like, he was really good. And then he was with Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. Really good. Then he did this one with Miles Teller. 
where they they played war dogs. war dogs. That was honestly, I know it didn't get a lot of love. That was actually, a very good movie, and I can't I it believe it was based on real events. Real events, crazy. So to see him now pop up in something like this, this looks pretty interesting. Um, I mean, seeing Ron Perlman firing his gun in the air up at a comet. I mean, just <laughs> name after name after name. Arguably, the two, like if acting were mutant powers, if acting was a mutant power, the two most powerful female mutants in the world, the street monster, Meryl Streep and Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. I mean, that. I mean, that's... That's it. Those are your two most powerful mutants in the world right there. And they're in it. And it just, I, I thought it looked funny, but it also felt like they were making some very real observant social commentary as well about, about how we interact with actual real things going on versus we give importance to total bullshit fluff, but we glance over real pressing important issues of our day. And I, so I kind of felt like it was going to be funny. It was going to be poignant. I really love the trailer. You had a chance to see it. What did you think? I really liked it. I like seeing a lot of these dramatic actors in something a bit more, you know, funny and lighthearted. I mean, it's about a comic coming towards the end of the world. It's not lighthearted. However, I think Adam McKay does a really good job of this, of having these all-star ensemble casts. He did it with the big short, what, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, Christian Bale. Um, that And that movie was fantastic. And I like that he knows how to use these really, really big stars in the best way. Like in the big short, Brad Pitt, his character was really kind of odd. He was like that guy before we were all wearing masks, you know, wearing masks at the airport and, you know, kind of conspiracy theorists. And, and he was kind of this nerdy guy. You got a different kind of Brad Pitt. And I'm like, I love what he did with all of these people. It wasn't like the movie we were talking about yesterday with, you know, Denzel and Rami Malek and Jared Leto, where you have these stars and you don't know what to do with them. Adam McKay really knows what to do with these stars. And so I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I think it looks great. Question is for you guys. Have you had a chance to see the newest trailer for Don't Look Up? I actually think it looks pretty awesome. Me, the totally negative on Netflix original movies guy. I'm saying this looks awesome to me. What do you guys think? Jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top, shall we? I told you there were a bunch of them today. And that next off the top is this. Now, other than Ryan Reynolds, good Canadian kid, who is my number one favorite movie star in the world right now. Uh, maybe my next kind of favorite guy, pure movie star. Not, I don't think he's the best actor in the world, but like next guy up on my favorite movie star list is probably Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm a sucker for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I just am. I don't care if you're talking about his movie work. I don't care if you're talking about his WWE work. I am a big fan of, of, uh, of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I just think the guy has a charisma and an energy to him that just makes it fun to watch him. Whether he's being interviewed, whether he's wrestling, whether he's in a movie, I just think the guy's fun to watch. And on top of that, if you've watched movies like Faster or Snitch or Pain and Gain, you realize that over the years, he's actually become a pretty decent actor on top of all that. I, he's not going to win any Academy Awards anytime soon, but he's become a pretty decent actor. Well, looks like Dwayne Johnson has his sights sets, sights set on a very high goal. He wants to be James Bond. Dwayne The Rock Johnson <sighs> as James Bond. Oh boy. What is your name, sir? Bond. James Bond. And what's your name? My name is... It does 
doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, that's, so I, I think I, this is weird. Um, I always say X actor and X role doesn't really matter. Um, it's just all a matter of fit. And I don't know if I can see Dwayne The Rock Johnson as James Bond. Unless, unless you're going to do a very different kind of James Bond. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. A very, very different kind of James Bond. And so this is what he specifically said. Now, it is kind of interesting because I didn't know this, but he pointed out, let, let me read this. This is coming from an article from Screen Rant who writes this. It says, if Johnson has anything to say about it, it'll be him. In a recent video with Esquire, Johnson commented on how his grandfather, uh, Peter Farney Mavia, uh, once played because uh, Mavia, because Rocky's real name is Mavia, is Rocky Mavia, uh, once played a Bond villain. His grandfather once played a villain in a Bond film. Shut up. He appeared as a henchman to Mr. Osato in You Only Live Twice, the fifth Bond movie starring Sean Connery. Very, very cool, and I would like to follow in his footsteps and be the next Bond, Johnson said in response to the reminder of his grandfather's movie role. I don't want to be a villain. I got to be Bond. Coming wow. from uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So first of all, first of all, I thought that was very cool that he's actually got some lineage that's there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that his grandfather was actually in it and all that kind of stuff, so that's cool too. So And I get it. You're Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If I'm going to be in a Bond movie... No, 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 I'm not a villain. I'm Bond. Little bit of ego there, but okay, he is the biggest movie star in the world. I'll allow it. I'll allow it for now. So I don't know, Kim. Look, I think partially he was probably saying this tongue-in-cheek. I think there's a part of this is totally tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. I don't see this happening. I just, as much as I love Dwayne Johnson and I'll watch him in a lot of stuff, I cannot see him. I don't think I could take him seriously as James Bond. So, and I don't know that I can see, you know, James Bond giving a rock bottom to, to people in the, I don't know. You took, you saw this, you think there's a chance? Look, I love the rock. Okay. Let me just first say that I, I love him, but sir, good sir. Understand the assignment. Um, <laughs> you can't, this is not, no, it's not for you. God bless you though. I love the rock. However, one thing I love about him, I will say this, his ambition is really incredible That's because true. it's yeah. easy to go, I'm, I have a great body. I have a great face. The ladies love me. And I think I can be kind of funny. And to put yourself out there in a film and to go, okay, audiences like me, let me build on that. He's very smart. He really understands who he is. He understands how people see him. And he's very ambitious. And I love where his career has gone. And I love that it's it's just not going to go to Bond. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. No, I don't I don't like that. Something else um, key I want to say that I, I love about the James Bond character is as the Although he is a spy, although he knows martial arts, he knows how to fight, he knows gun, you know, how to use a gun, his physicality is not that of, I will simply crush you. He has to work for it. And that's something I loved about Daniel Craig is because this wasn't some glossy bond where it's like, oh, something just blew up and one hair is out of place. The man look broke down. Like he... There were many times when uh, Daniel Craig played Bond where he was scratched up and he was scruffed up and he got the crap kicked out of him. Who the hell are you going to bring in to beat the crap out of The Rock? 
Are we just going to get bigger and bigger? Are we going to just go MCU and bring in Hulk? Like, because that's how we'd have to have a challenge. Well, that's what they I did. I don't see with, a challenge with him. That's with what they did with Hobbs and Shaw. 007. <laughs> they just brought in superheroes in Hobbs and Shaw. That's it, true. They made the right. Superman. Ray, that was bad, but Ray, you know. I, I, I got to ask you with your knowledge of uh, and background and all this kind of stuff. What do you think about Dwayne The Rock Johnson as James Bond? Uh, no. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you think. Just, just know no, that's just it. No. No, I'd rather see Kevin Hart. It's just not right for him. No. Like, you know what? It can't be Bond. That that franchise, uh, I don't know. It's, it's too special. To, I'm no not way. saying that he can't do it, but I it, it, he just doesn't fit it. I don't think so. No, no. It, it's, it's, I just can't see it. He, he was probably joking. I don't know, guys. Hey, he's the biggest movie star in the world. What do you guys think? Do you think there is any multiverse where we could possibly see Dwayne The Rock Johnson as James Bond? I have a hard time imagining it, but it, it would certainly cause a lot of interest in Bond. Anyway, whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's do one more off the top here, shall we? And that last off the top is this. If you guys have watched me for any period of time, you know that I recently, like about a year or so ago, discovered a Canadian sitcom, and I'm not talking about Shit's Creek, which might be maybe up there with Parks and Rec and Seinfeld and The Office is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time, but, but also kind of coming up there too, there's this amazing sitcom that I had not really heard of and certainly didn't follow called Kim's Convenience, and I love Kim's Convenience. For those of you who don't know, Simu Liu, who is now Shang-Chi in the MCU, comes from Kim's Convenience. And also that X-Wing fighter pilot you saw pop up, the Asian X-Wing fighter pilot you saw pop up in a couple of episodes of Mandalorian, that guy, his name is Paul Sun-Hyung Lee, and he was Mr. Kim in Kim's Convenience. And I love this dude. I just think the dude is great. I've, I've watched that show so much, and just the way he carries that character it's just enjoyable and lovely, and I adore it. I absolutely adore it. By the way, I forgot to mention to you guys, for those of you watching live, I forgot to turn on the Super Chat feature at the beginning of the show. If you guys want to fire in a comment or an observation or a thought or an opinion about any of the topics we're talking about here, go ahead and use that. Don't send in questions using the Super Chat in the uh, live chat there. Use the tip link for that if you want to send in a question. But if you've got an observation, thought, or opinion, go ahead and use the Super Chat. I turned it on now. Anyway, um... So I just, I think the dude is delightful and I was heartbroken when Kim's convenience ended, but there was a piece of news that came out this morning that made my heart smile. Absolutely made my heart smile. Now, a lot of you guys know there was an Avatar of the Last Airbender live series coming to Netflix. There's already been a bunch of casting announced for that. It's looking really solid so far, but one of the big roles we were wondering who's going to play Uncle Iroh. Who's going to play Uncle Iroh? Who could possibly play Uncle Iroh? And oh, they got him. They got him. Paul is going to be Mr. Kim is going to be Uncle Iroh in the Avatar, the last Airbender series. Now, there's some other casting announcements there, too, and I don't care. This is all about <laughs> Paul Sun Hyung Lee. This is all about Mr. Kim Damn. joining <laughs> Avatar as Uncle Iroh. This is amazing. And there's, by the way, there's kind of a cool connection here too, because you know, one of the younger kids in it was in Shang-Chi. And of course, Paul starred oh, with right. Simu Liu that's right. in, 
things in the cutie, Kim's convenience. Yeah. So you got a little bit of a connection there, which is actually pretty cool and pretty fun. Uh, I cannot begin to express my excitement about this. Now, I'm just going to read a little bit of this here. This comes to us from the folks over at Deadline who write, uh, Netflix continues to build its live-action Avatar, The Last Airbender series, adding Kim, Kim's Convenience alum Paul Sun-Hyung Lee, uh, Lim Kay-Soo, Anna and the King, and Ken Leung from Industry to the cast. Uh, they join stars Gordon Cormier, uh, I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this. Kia Wentito, uh, Ian Owsley, Dallas Liu, and Daniel Day Kim, which we were really excited about when they announced his casting as well. Netflix also revealed that, we'll, that it will partner with uh, Pixmondo for the upcoming series, which has started production in Vancouver. So to me, glorious, glorious news. Listen, I, I was very, very late to Avatar The Last Airbender. I was very late to it. I, ashamedly saw the M night movie before I ever saw the animated series. Oh, how sad. And you know, as her, you know, one of the trying to make lemonade out of lemons, like during the pandemic is stuck at home. I was like, well, you know what? I'll finally watch avatar. The last airbender. And I really liked it. I really liked it. I don't think it's the be all end all that, that a lot of people make it out to be, but I really did quite enjoy it. But I'll tell you what, my favorite character was uncle Iroh. There is an episode and maybe you guys in the live chat can help me out with this. There was an episode where it was kind of a uh, anthology episode where they were telling a, a number of different stories in it. And he's walking around town and he's singing this song. Ah, thank you, guys in the live chat. Uh, tale, James Argenta, I think, was the first one to put it in, said, Tales from Ba Sing Se. Uh, and a bunch of other you guys sing it. The Tales from ba, uh, ba Sing Se. Where... He's an uncle and he's walking around town and he's singing this song to cheer up kids. Soldier boy, come home, come home, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember the exact song, but something about soldier boy, come home and putting smile on pieces, everybody's faces. And he's going around town gathering some things together, but we don't know what for. And then when the episode ends, I'm getting emotional thinking about this. When the episode ends, he has walked out of town with this basket of stuff that he had collected in town and he goes to this tree on a hill and he pulls out a picnic blanket and he pulls out a picture of his son and puts it on the picnic blanket. And then he starts singing the same song, soldier boy, come home and learning that his son had died in war. And I'm, I am breaking right now. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm emotionally getting worked up and sad just thinking about it. It was one of the most beautiful things. And I'm thinking this is in this, Kids cartoon. I'm actually getting weak. <laughs> no, if you it. cry, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> it's it's so beautiful. No. It's so beautiful. And I think that was the moment for me when I went like, this is a fun little mythology kind of story. This is pretty fun. To oh my god, there's some really special stuff here. And to get a guy like Paul to come in and play this role. I think he's going to crush it. I think he's going to do amazing in this. And uh, I was very, very excited to see this. And of course, another good Canadian kid um, getting a break in this. So I'm looking forward to it. Kim, you heard about this. What do you think? What what can I say? I love Appa. Oh, I Appa. just love Appa. I'm, and I'm so happy for him because like you, I was very disappointed in how Kim's convenience ended not the ending they deserved, but good for him. 
I'm so excited. I love seeing him in the Star Wars stuff. Absolutely love it. But um, I think this show is shaping up to be great. But but you touched on something important. Um, this show is really about heart. It's not so much about the fighting. I mean, the lore um, is, is very interesting and the mysticism. But honestly, it's really about the heart and the relationship that these characters have to one another. And there's something about him that I just want to, like, hug him. Like, he's one of those people, like, if I ever see him, like, can I? I'm so, can I hug you? Like, can I just like, can we just get it in? Like, I love him. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for the guy too. And I'm excited for this series. And again, listen, I was talking a little bit earlier that Netflix, not a good track record with their original movies. Excellent track record with their original series. That reminds me, I got to watch the new episodes of Arcane. I'm a little bit behind of our, on Arcane now, which I'm fallen in love with but they have an excellent re- now i know there are still some people out there who are apprehensive because you know the original creators of avatar aren't involved with this show oh no but you know what lots of stuff gets done that didn't have the original things i i really do and as much as i don't trust netflix with original movies i totally trust them with original series and i really believe this is going to be great at least i hope it is anyway guys question is for you what do you think about this news mr kim appa Paul is going to be Uncle Iroh, and I couldn't be more happy about it. How do you guys feel about this? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys, with all those off the tops out of the way, let's now finally move on and start taking your live questions, shall we? Live questions. Let's take your, the main topics today, I should say. And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campion Show? Well, it's really simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover on The John Campia Show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Kim. What is our first main topic today? All right, guys, our first main topic is coming from Callum Kelly, longtime viewer since 2012. On Saturday, I attended an experience with Mel Gibson in London, in London, England. Mel Gibson announced exclusively to us in attendance that he is directing Lethal Weapon 5. Danny Glover and Gibson will also star. Joe Pesci is not in the script, but Mel said he might add him in there. But Pesci can be difficult. The late, great Richard Donner wanted this movie to happen, and Mel is going to see that it gets made. What do you think? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that, N. Calum. And um, look, whatever the personal drama surrounding Mel Gibson is, and whatever any of our individual thoughts on Mel Gibson are, there's one inescapable truth. He's a phenomenal director. He's a phenomenal director. Uh, I mean, this dude, he has a sense for pacing and storytelling. You know, we're going to be talking about Andrew Garfield here in a bit. He did that one movie with Andrew Garfield. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. That so good. So good. good. I mean, he just has a filmmaker's mentality and a filmmaker's mind. The dude knows how to tell stories. That being said, I don't know how I feel about him doing a Lethal Weapon 5. Too old um, for this shit. Here, yeah, anyway, this comes just from the folks over at The Hollywood Reporter who writes this. According to London's The Sun, which covered the event, Gibson said uh, Donner, who recently passed away, the director of the original film, Richard Donner, 
was developing the screenplay and he got pretty far along with it. And he said to me one day, listen, kid, if I kick the bucket, you will do it. And I said, shut up. He did indeed pass away, but he did ask me to do it. At the time, I didn't say anything. He said it to his wife and to the studio and to the producer. So I will be directing the fifth one. So I listen, I got to admit, I'm a, I'm a little torn on this. And by the way, there are reports coming out now that you know, for the longest time they talked about doing another lethal weapon, but at the same time, no studio had signed on for it. No studio had signed up and said, yeah, we're going to do this. But apparently now there are reports going around that HBO Max is going to be the home for it, that they're going to make this thing and HBO Max is where it's going to go and live, which is pretty interesting to say the least. What do I think about Mel Gibson directing a project? I've already said, I think he's a tremendously gifted director. Like whatever else his off-screen issues are, the dude is a tremendously gifted director. But is there a thirst for a Lethal Weapon 5? I love the Lethal Weapon movies. I particularly love the one they did with Jet Li. That one I loved. But, I mean, I I like almost all of them. And I know there's been kind of a trend lately to revisit old franchises. A trend? (laughs) A trend? (laughs) Okay. Maybe a little bit more. Come on, man. A trend. trend. Okay. Maybe a little bit more than that. (laughs) Two two varying degrees of success. Yeah. You know, some quite, some not so much. I just, and I remember we talked about this when it first came out that Richard Donner and them were all trying to get a Lethal Weapon 5 together. And, you know, in the words of... uh, I can't remember if it's Biggs or Murtaugh. I can't remember which one Danny played. He's big. Murtaugh. No, he's Murtaugh. Yeah. Murtaugh. He's getting too old for this shit. Yeah, man. I mean, I, <laughs> is this them? I, look, and again, it's not a matter of them being too old. Look at the Expendables. It's fine that you have the older action stars. I think that's awesome. But I just don't know that there's a... I don't want to use the word need because no movie in history has ever needed to be made. But I just don't feel like there's a a place for Lethal Weapon 5 right now. I, I just don't know that this is going to get a lot of interest. I could be wrong about that. Don't know. Kim, you hear about it? What do you think? Look, well, first, is Shane Black in, involved in the, the script? As far as I know, think? no. Hmm. Um, gosh. I now, wanna... the guy, the, just so you know, the guy who wrote the script, the guy who wrote the most recent draft of the script is Richard Wenk. He's the guy who wrote the uh, Equalizer movies oh. for Denzel Washington, which I think did a pretty okay. good job on those. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes that makes me feel a little bit more uh, comfortable. I think it can be done. I think it can be done well. Part of me wants to say they're too old for this. Yeah. Did, Mr. Danny Glover is 75 years old, but you know what? Clint Eastwood is 20 years older than him. And still knocking guys down, kind of. Um, so knocking I, guys down, kind of. <laughs> sort of. Um, so I feel like, you know what? They can do a good job. No one was begging for this. But if you do it right, it might be the thing that nobody asked for, but everyone's glad you made. So do it right. Don't, don't 
obviously make him really kick a whole lot of ass. You know, um, I'd be interested to know if Chris Rock is going to be in this. Um, you know, he was tied into the last one. Gotta bring Renee Russo back. She, oh, I just absolutely love her. Um, there's something I love about this cast. Their chemistry is really so magical. And they really had that, that 90s action movie chemistry where it's the characters that makes the story. The story may be a little bit crap, but... It's how much you love those characters, how much you love that back and forth and that banter. So I think it's got a good chance. Um, I don't know how I feel about Joe Pesci not being in it. Um, I think, you know, a well, camp- he's not one of the OGs. No, he's yet. he's not. But I, I really did love his character. <laughs> like, like, like that guy. that yeah, was like, like, like yeah. I really liked him. But um, I, I'd say let's give it a chance. I didn't ask for it, but let's give it a chance. Well, I think we will. I mean, it is it is Lethal Weapon. We'll give it a chance. I just don't know if this thing is really needed right now. But then, then again, maybe there's a lot of you guys super excited about it. Question is for you. How do you feel about the idea of a Lethal Weapon 5? Excited? Not? Mel Gibson directing? Does that increase your interest in it? Does it decrease your interest in it? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down... Let's move on to main topic number two. Kim, what is our second main topic today? All right. Dark Helmet's Helmet says... <laughs> Love it. Hey, John and crew. So, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire being in Spider-Man No Way Home is just the worst kept secret in Hollywood right now. But I just saw Garfield on the Today Show absolutely insisting he's not in the movie. Am I crazy that it actually sounded like he was being seriously honest to me? I don't know what to think. Your thoughts? Yeah, listen, it's it's not new that Andrew Garfield is denying being in the movie. He has been denying. He said uh, basically his go-to phrase over the last number of months, whenever asked about the new Spider-Man says, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about it. That's, that's has been his go-to thing. I don't know, right? There's never been, which we all interpret as denial, but there's never been a straight up, I'm not in it. There's been a lot of, I honestly don't know. You guys aren't believing me, but I'm telling you, I don't know anything about the project, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was on the Today Show and I watched the interview and you're right, Dark Helmet's Helmet. He was straight up insistent that he ain't in it. This is what he said. He said this on the Today Show. Listen, I'm not in the film. I love Spider-Man. I always have. I was so happy to have played the part, and I'm so excited to see what they do with the third one. Just like you guys are, to be honest. No, that's not a diplomatic, that's not a diplomatic answer. I really, really mean it. I love Tom Holland. I love John Watts. I love Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige and what they've done with those movies and that character. It's an important character to me. So I'm just really excited to see what happens in the third one as you guys are. Listen, I am not in the film. <laughs> listen, Linda. Listen, <laughs> let's listen up. I ain't in the film. I, and listen, Dark Helmet's Helmet says something really interesting there when he says this was this is where the interview is where he was talking about, by the way. But when Dark Helmet's Helmet says, am I crazy for thinking he actually sounds sincere? I'm not going to lie to you. So did I. 
when I was watching that interview, the way he was saying, it's like, look, I am not in the film. It didn't sound like he was being cheeky or being like, I'm a, <laughs> a not a, in the <laughs> film. Yeah, no, 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 no. He was like, I'm not in the film. I love this, but I'm not in it. He was very straightforward. Yeah. And, and listening to it and watching him was like, man, I mean, he is to me an Academy nominated level actor. So the dude can't act and maybe he's fooling me, but he does sound sincere. So look, <laughs> <laughs> Ray, just with this little hand. No, I'm just saying. You're not buying it? No, no, I'm just saying. It's, it's just funny. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny how this is making you go crazy or some people go crazy. And, I mean, but it's true, right? Yeah. A lot of us are going crazy yeah, over yeah. this. Okay, let me ask you a question. Though. All right, ask me a question. I have a question. What if they're just using footage of him from his movies and putting it in this one? Technically, that would mean he wasn't live on set filming No Way Home, but his persona his you know footage of him could be used do you think that's a possibility it's a way possible. we could get him but also not get him so he can technically say i'm not in it yeah i mean you could by the way jedi cowboy in the live chat is asking well why was he on the today show then well he was on the today show promoting his brand new film which may get him an academy award nomination called tick tick boom mm -hmm. um so that's that's what he was there for. He was there promoting that one. It comes out on it's which it's, looks amazing. It looks fantastic. He's singing. He's it's it, very like Broadway. Like he's he's giving it his all. It looks good. It looks great, and it's it's the true story of the guy who created the musical Rent. It's the story of the guy who created the musical Rent. That's who Andrew Garfield's playing, and it's in some select theaters right now. And it opens on Netflix, I believe, December nineteenth. No, yes, November nineteenth. Theatrical November twelfth on Netflix the nineteenth. The nineteenth. So in yes. just a couple of days, it's going to be out on Netflix. So that's what he was out promoting. That's why he was on the Today Show, and it was near the end of that interview when they said, "Listen, while we've got you here, we can't not ask you about Spider Man." And that's when he said, "Look, I am not in the movie. I am not in the movie, and I have never heard a denial." surrounding this whole Spider-Man thing that was more believable than this denial. Now, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying he's not in the movie. Look, we're going to talk about the odds that he's in the Spider-Man trailer tonight. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'm just saying, man, he's a really good actor if he's lying. He's a really good actor if he's lying. But it brings up the question again. We talked about this before with Tom Holland when Tom Holland was saying, I honestly don't know anything about those guys being in this movie. Blah. And we talked about this. It's like we get wanting to keep a secret. But when does it cross a line to you as actors are just straight up lying to the audience and you're lying so much. At what point does the audience no longer take anything an actor says seriously? Is there an anymore? example you can think of um, in the past where someone said, no, I'm not in it. And they were, well, I mean, there's a couple that really stand out. One to me wasn't the actor. It was the director. Hmm. It was the first JJ Abrams, Star Trek, or sorry, the second JJ Abrams, Star Trek film. Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be in the movie and JJ Abrams insisted. Everybody was guessing he was going to be Khan. He was going to be Khan Noonien Singh, the role made famous by Ricardo Montalban, right? He was going to be Khan Noonien Singh. Everybody knew it. And JJ Abrams straight up came out and said, he's not Khan. We're not going to tell you who he is, but we can tell you definitively he's not con. And I even had 
what's his name? Who's the star of the boys? And he's in, um, uh, he's the, the main guy in the boys uh, and he's in Lord of the Rings. Carl Urban. I had Carl Urban as my guest on my panel at Comic-Con a couple years ago. And Star Trek, the next Star Trek was coming out soon. And he, we were there to promote his new film, Dread, because we were going to, we were talking oh, about yeah. his new film, Dread, right? So he's sitting right beside me and I go to him. And I say, Hey, Carl, I got a question for you. He goes, okay. I'm like, who's the bad guy in the next Star Trek? And the whole audience laughs. And Carl goes, you know, JJ told me what to do in case I was asked that question. <laughs> We're like, what? And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a big piece of duct tape and he puts it over his own mouth. <laughs> right? and, and so they were, they were denying, 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 denying. Um, Bradley Cooper, I remember this is going back a few years, but Bradley Cooper, there were rumors going around that he was going to be in the A-Team movie and that he was going to play face in the A-Team movie. And he said no, and of course he was. So there's a couple of those, but man, the denials. But not with on, these stakes on them. Good Lord. Yeah, the stakes, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. Because again, oh my God, the backlash. If he's not in this movie, there are going to be some people who are really pissed off. Well, I don't know. What are you thinking? You know what would be really cool? Uh-oh, what? Is if someone asked The Rock, are you the next 007? And he was like, no, I'm not. That would be great. Would and be, let's stick with that. There's a denial one here. <laughs> so I don't know. Honestly, I mean, we're down to what? A couple hours. I mean, I don't know what we're going to get in this trailer. We're, we're a couple hours closer to finding out. But what I think would be hilarious is if, because, you know, we're going to maybe tie in uh, into Doctor Strange 2, some of what's happening in No Way Home, possibly. Um, if at the end credit scene of No Way Home, you got Toby and Andrew. Technically, it's the end of the film. It's not like in the film it's after the credits so that'd be kind of random if i mean maybe that was the case because technically you could still say no i know so, question is for you guys i don't know what do you think did you watch the video of andrew garfield straight straight up saying i am not in this movie i'm that's not just me giving a diplomatic answer i love what these guys are doing the role is very special to me but i'm not in this movie are you do you buy it because ain't nobody's bought what he's selling for all year. But maybe they will. I don't know. What do you guys think? Jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? This is coming from Bob Nunn. Hi, John and team. Greeting from Maritus. Hope you're well. I watched your show last night where you mentioned that Kathleen Kennedy could be on her way out, and I agreed with you. However, reports suggest otherwise. According to media outlets, Kathleen has just been given a contract extension until 2024. What do you think of this, and how do you think it will affect the Star Wars universe? Keep up the good work, guys. All right, thanks for sending that in, Bob. Um, yeah, I, look, a few years ago, I have no idea where it came from, but the, the, this report started going around. Everybody's talking that Bob Iger had convened a secret meeting of the grand cabal of all the senior heads of Disney <laughs> trying to come up with a way to grand fire cabal. Kathleen Kennedy. And that was everywhere. The Bob Iger is going to fire Kathleen. And I have no idea where that report came from, but it went all over the place. And then they instantly signed her to an extension. And that clearly wasn't true. 
And I never bought that. I didn't think she's going to be going anywhere. I have lately begun to feel that she would be, and frankly should be on her way out again. I cannot stress this enough. I think Kathy, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is a first ballot hall of famer producer. If there was a hall of fame in Hollywood, then the moment she's retires, boom, first day she's inducted into the hall of fame. She has had the most decorated career in the history of Hollywood. As far as producer, you look down through her, uh, credits list as a producer. It is a who's who of the greatest films of all time. At least a number of them, a number of the greatest films of all time. Incredible. She has certainly done some very good things at Lucasfilm, but I, I, you've heard me go on ad nauseum about the things where I thought she has dropped the ball. And honestly, I think while she is a tremendous producer, I don't think the role of studio executive or president has been the right role for her. So, and then with everything going on with the continued chaos and then the no presentation for star Wars at Disney plus leading me to believe that that place is complete chaos right now. It then came out of nowhere that they have signed Kathleen Kennedy to another three-year extension. Now, this comes to us from the folks uh, over at, where'd they go? I missed it here. Where'd the thing go? I lost it. I lost the report. Anyway, let's just go over to the site then where they have it here. So there's reports going, Lucasfilm uh, president Kathleen Kennedy will be sticking around. This is from uh, comic book resources will be sticking around the company for at least another few years. According to journalist uh, Matthew Bologna, who we commented on yesterday, and this is from the same article of Puck, Kennedy reportedly recently re-upped her deal for another three years, leaving her in control of the franchise, uh, in control of franchises such as Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Willow until at least 2024. So there you have it. Kathleen Kennedy, despite my guess... She ain't going nowhere. She isn't going nowhere anytime soon. Now, obviously, there have been a bunch of people online who have been asking the question, why? Why? Why did they keep her? Why is she still here? What's going on with this? And I want us to jump into the Campia classroom here for a second. Let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at why they would keep her. And I think the main thing we've got to look at here and looking at why keep Kennedy. I think the first thing we're going to look at is this. Let's look at, first of all, uh, why not to keep her. Okay, let's let's look at that first. Okay, let's talk about for a second why shouldn't you keep her before we go into the reasons why they would. Okay, so let's look at both sides of this. The first thing I would kind of want to point out about why maybe they shouldn't keep her is complete directorial dis, uh, disarray. When you look at this whole thing, you're talking about the Josh Trank fiasco. Remember the Josh Trank fiasco? That was ridiculous. That was utterly, completely ridiculous about that, about how that all went down, about how they had him on. He was going to be doing it, all this kind of stuff. They announced it. They said that it was all good. It was all moving forward, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, the dude's gone. All of a sudden, he's gone. He's not there anymore. What's going on? Don't know. So there was Josh Trank. Then 
There was also the Colin Trevorrow. I don't know if I know how to spell Trevorrow's last name right. Colin Trevorrow, the guy who was going to be directing, I believe, Star Wars, I think it was Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. They announced him. Yay, Colin Trevorrow's doing our Star Wars movie. This is great. Yay. Only to find out that now nah, they weren't on the same page and they unceremoniously got rid of Colin Trevorrow as well. On top of Colin Trevorrow, there was the Lord and Miller situation. Another situation where they brought in these hot young directors going to do this, you know, making a solo movie, and then they start making solo. And all of a sudden, Kathleen Kennedy's like, that's not the movie I thought you were going to make. To which I reply, well, why didn't you damn well make sure that you and them were on the exact same page? And if they went rogue on you, why didn't you vet that out? Why didn't you sniff that out that they were just going to run and do their own thing? Either way, you're in charge, Kathleen, and that whole fiasco with, with Solo happened. All of a sudden, they were like three quarters of the way done shooting the thing, and all of a sudden, they were gone. It wasn't just to end with there. Gareth Edwards. I mean, he ended up making a fantastic, fantastic movie in um, with Rogue One. Rogue One was great. He did a terrific job, but then later came stories that they, they pulled him out of the, they locked him out of the editor's room. They brought in another director to do the polish shops and finish up the film. And again, more drama, more drama, complete directorial disarray, but it didn't end with Gareth Edwards. Goodness gracious. Now we're talking about party Jenkins. No, that should be, she should, Patty should change her name. Party. To party Jenkins. Hey. Patty Jenkins. I just want to let you know where the party was. Patty Jenkins. You know, woohoo, we're going to do Rogue Squadron. Look at her in the, on the runway with the big live action X-Wing and blah, blah, blah. Now they pulled it from the production schedule. That's so messy. And the, ro- the reports are coming out. It's they can't agree on a story. There are creative differences yet again. But oh, wait, wait, there's more. It doesn't just end with Patty Jenkins either. Lest we forget, did we all forget about the uh, the Game of Thrones guys, remember Benioff and Weiss? Oh, yeah, that they were project. like they were going to do, and and it came out they were going to do Old Republic. They were going to do Old Republic. The showrunners of the most popular and the most awards decorated show in history, even its its last season, which a lot of people didn't like the last season. I personally thought the last season was a masterpiece. But, and it won, it set the record for winning the most Emmys at the Emmy, the final season, the one people dis, dislike the most. It set the record for most Emmys. But whatever it is, it was the most talked about pop culturally relevant show in history. Everybody was talking about Game of Thrones. And they lined them up and they were going to do Old Republic. The guys were going to set up the Old Republic, something fancy. So they announced it, big fanfare. Benioff and Weiss, ladies and gentlemen. Benioff and Weiss, big fanfare. All of a sudden, they took another deal. They took another deal and went over to, uh, went over to, I believe, a Netflix development deal. I think that's what it was for. But oh, wait, it doesn't end there. There was also Obi-Wan. Lest we forget, like, yeah, Obi-Wan, everybody's excited right now because Obi-Wan is coming. We just got our first sizzle for it and all that kind of stuff. But we forget over a year ago, they were getting ready to start production Kathleen Kennedy's on stage with Ewan McGregor at D23 going, we're doing Obi-Wan, we're doing Obi-Wan. And then we found out like six months later, yeah, now they have creative differences over the, with the screenwriter. 
Now they, now they, the script that they had okayed, now, no, we're scrapping it now. And they had to go back and it was delayed and they had to go back and redo the scripts and all that kind of stuff. Because once again, Kathleen Kennedy couldn't figure out if she was creatively on the same page with her creators. Again, and you look at this list. From Josh Trank, Colin Trevor, and all of them were had their That's own. That's a unique- lot of talent on that list not coming into fruition of what they're supposed to be doing. And every single one That's of them. That's a lot of waste. Every single one of them was a situation where they had met and agreed, yes, we're making this picture together and this is what we're doing. That's not and cool. every man. single one of these represents a breakdown and a failure on Kathleen Kennedy's parts. Now, every single one of these names, Trank, Trevorrow, Lord Miller, Edwards, Jenkins, Benioff and Weiss in the Obi-Wan situation, all these are very unique situations. They all have very specific things to go to them, but at their core is the same song. Kathleen Kennedy and them decided we're going to make this thing together and we're on the same page and then later find out they're not on the same page. And that list, I mean, I can only really think of one with Kevin Feige. I can only think of really one. Now, there were some directors that came in and out, but without fanfare, without big announcements that this person's doing yeah. a director, that happens. But the only time I think it ever happened with Marvel and Kevin Feige was Edgar Wright with Ant-Man. That's one out oh. of 10 plus years. And that's just because the MCU had gone in a totally different direction than what Ant-Man was going to be under Edgar Wright. And so they just decide we can't do the movie Edgar Wright wanted to make and Edgar Wright only wanted to make the movie he came out with. And so nobody was wrong. They just went their separate ways. Fine. This is a lot of stuff, but it's not just the complete directorial disarray about why you might want to get rid of of, um, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. There's also this. Last Jedi... And Rise of Skywalker. I love Kedai and Royce. They're Kedai so great. Did I say Jedi? They're amazing. Kedai and Royce. <laughs> last, last Kedai and Rise of Skywalker. Last Kedai. We're going to be screening yeah. Last and Kedai the, and Royce. Royce <laughs> and the Royce of Skywalker. That's what happens when you're not looking at your keyboard. And Rise of Skywalker were insanely divisive. Insanely divisive. I mean, I I think I'm putting it mildly saying that The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker were divisive. Now, I and I say that as somebody who I like The Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, Ooh, take that back. I'm somebody <laughs> who liked the, the Last Jedi. I had my problems with it, for sure. But overall, I, I walked out and was like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked The, the Force Awakens. But I liked the, the, the Last Jedi. And then I saw The Rise of Skywalker. And I remember I came out of the premiere. I don't know if you saw this. I was at the premiere for Rise of Skywalker. I was at the world premiere and I came out and I was heading to go into the after party. And I literally walked out of the after party, like a few steps behind uh, Frank Oz and whatever. So I step out of the theater. We go out on the street, getting ready to go into this huge after party tent. And I stopped, pulled my phone out. I was like, I got to do my quick reaction. I'm like, this ain't it, guys. <laughs> like, I remember going, I did not like, oh my God, I hate the Rise of Skywalker. I hate that. But whether you like it or dislike it, there's just no getting around it. it was, they're insanely divisive. It created a division. Now, granted, part of this is the toxic sides of the fandom's fault and not Kathleen Kennedy's. But still, I was going to created- say, how much responsibility is falling on her? Like, 
not just where does the buck stop, but there's an ingredient when you're working creatively, creativity, creatively, creatively, Lord, creatively. <laughs> Holy crap. The My mouth is doing what your hands were doing on your keyboard. <laughs> Holy crap today. Um, creatively um, and business. What's happening in the mix in terms of the actual team? Because it sounds like I know. I mean, I don't. Do I mean to play devil's advocate? I guess I'm wondering how much of it is just her and who else is on the team? Is there someone else in the mix that's like, okay, she's great without this person in her ear. She's great without this person meddling. How much of it is is boiling down to her? The, the thing is this. When you're the one in charge, the buck stops with you. It stops with you. For all the good and all the bad that comes along with that, when you're the one in charge... It comes down to you. When I was running AMC and I was running Collider, I when things went wrong, yeah, maybe it been because this stupid staff member did this or this ah did that. But at the end of the day, it's on me. That's it's on me. When a show didn't work that we did, and a show started like was lacking in numbers and couldn't get an audience, that wasn't my showrunner's fault. That wasn't the, the staff I put on that show's fault. That's on me. And when we have successes, I got the I got a lot of the credit. But it goes both ways. Like when you're in charge, when you're Kathleen Kennedy and you are the president of Lucasfilm, it, it yes, I'm sure there's a lot of contributing factors that go into it. Absolutely. But you are the buck stops here person. Mm. And so you gotta you gotta take that responsibility. So there's that. So you had all this directorial upheaval and disarray you had with all that stuff. Then you had the, the last, uh, the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker were incredibly divisive. Also, I want to say this. I think we can call it now. Uh, high Republic is a bust. I remember they put a lot of energy. It seemed like they were putting a lot of their eggs into this high Republic basket and high Republic stuff doesn't suck. I, I read the first book. It's, it's all right. It's, it's not bad. But when's the last... Let me ask you guys. You two. When's the last time you were online or talking to somebody, you heard somebody bring up the High Republic stuff of Star Wars? Never, not ever. What's that? See, uh, exactly. Exactly. Right? Never. Never not ever. ever. What is that? It just... It was... It, it came and went like a fart in the wind. It was, it was there. It made a bit of a stink. And then it was gone. And... But John, John, yes. can you just put out that graphic I made real quick? I don't We're, think you noticed it. Oh, Lord. Oh I, oh, I haven't got around to it yet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me bring up this See, graphic. this is all she's saying to you right now. This is <laughs> all she's saying to you. Just put it up. Is it, but this this graphic here? No, the other one. What other graphic? The other one. The <laughs> side side three. She's oh, oh, I see. I see. Let me bring it up. You mad at for... Did you make that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great. It's supposed met... to be for you. <laughs> oh, thank you're you gonna have a so problem. much. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. No, I gotta speak for Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> you gotta be her Someone's voice. Someone's gotta take her side. Someone's gotta be her voice in here. You mad, bro? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, they're... what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? They already made their decision, so. <laughs> so I mean, that kind of came and went. So that was a bit of a bust, and so yeah, that's why I think. If you're a fan who thinks Kathleen Kennedy needs to go, you got a lot to back that up. You've got a lot of info there to back that up. Now, so the question becomes, 
Why the keeper? Dollar signs. <laughs> dollar dollar bill. Dollar 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 you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Because let's look at this. Okay. Force Awakens. The movie made over $2 billion at the box office. $2 billion at the box office. And Endgame is not the number one box office domestically in the United States of all time. Star Wars The Force Awakens is. Wow. Worldwide, Endgame made more. Domestically, here at home, Star Wars The Force Awakens is the number one box office movie of all time. Also, Last Jedi made a billion. Rise of Skywalker made a billion. Rogue One made a billion. The only one that didn't was Solo, which is a movie they never should have made in the first place. No. But you look at those five films, four out of those five films made over a billion dollars. One of them made $2 billion and is the number one domestic box office film of all time. Now, whenever these facts come up, there are inevitably people who go, well, any movie you make that's called Star Wars will make a billion dollars. Oh, really? There's a movie called Batman versus Superman that would beg to differ. Because I'll tell you what, you could make, if you were charged with making a Batman versus Superman movie, Batman versus Superman. Oh, shit. Here we go. You could sit down with a piece of paper, draw a butt, just a big butt with a big old crack down the middle, then go take a nap for six months and then release it in theaters, opening title screen, Batman versus Superman, and then two hours of just a picture of a butt for two hours. That movie should still make a billion dollars. But it didn't. It didn't. So don't tell me that just because a name is on it, it's going to make a billion dollars because Batman versus Superman should have made two. It should have made $2 billion without much difficulty. The two greatest superheroes of all time. How does that movie not make a billion dollars? I don't, that's not to say that Batman versus Superman was a failure. I really like Batman versus Superman, but I'm just saying is this fake bullshit, false spin narrative. That's like, well, any movie called Star Wars is going to make a billion dollars. No, no, no. That's not actually how reality works. The fact of the matter is, if you're a Disney exec or you're a Disney shareholder and you look at what has Kathleen Kennedy delivered unto us, she delivered four out of five films making over a billion dollars and one being the highest domestic box office film of all time. That's what she delivered. Now, again, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here. I'm just saying. Well, the numbers don't lie. I mean. Yeah. I'm just saying if you're trying to, if you're asking the question, why did they keep her? You got to look at that. Also, let's not forget. Mando seasons one and two. Now, again, whenever Mandalorian comes up, the Kathleen Kennedy haters, and I'm very critical of Kathleen Kennedy. You've you obviously have heard me, but. Whenever Mandalorian comes up, the Kathleen Kennedy haters want to go, well, that wasn't her. That's John Favreau and Dave Filoni. No, no, it's not. Kathleen Kennedy, like any other project a studio is going to greenlight, she had a stack of hundreds of pitches for Star Wars programming. And she saw Favreau's and recognized this is the one. That's her job, to recognize out of all the pitches that come across her desk, which one should re-greenlight. That's her job. 
And she recognized John Favreau's project saying this has potential. And then as John Favreau tells the story, not only did she see the potential in that pitch, she just she then went, you know what would be great here, John Favreau? You know what would be great? I want to team you up with one of our guys named Dave Filoni. Oh, sorry. Uh, Siri thinks I'm talking to her. Um, <laughs> She's I, like, give Kathleen Kennedy a break. <laughs> she goes, I want to match you up with one of our guys, Dave Filoni. I think he would work really well with you on this. I think he'd be a really good asset to you on this. And John Favreau tells a story about how Kathleen Kennedy is the one who matched him up with Dave Filoni and that she needed somebody which to mentor. Which that was brilliant. Which was brilliant. Yeah. And she needed somebody to mentor Dave Filoni and how to do live action stuff because they've got plans for him in the future. And Dave Filoni on the Mandalorian making of special, he's talking about, I don't know anything about making live action stuff. Thank God John Favreau is here to mentor me. Right? So that was all Kathleen Kennedy. And then her job becomes support to make sure that her creators have what they need to be a success. And she did that for Favreau and Filoni. So I know nobody wants to give her credit, but the fact of the matter is she made $4 billion films. She brought us Mandalorian season one and two. Also, don't forget that she also brought us, I'm not a big fan of Clone Wars. Uh, she brought us another season of Clone Wars that I don't care about. But a lot of Star Wars fans out there like Clone Wars. And she brought them another season of Clone Wars when Clone Wars is done. But here's the biggest thing, I think, why the Disney execs would keep Kathleen Kennedy around for another three years. Again, not a move I would have made, but if you're asking why they did it, this is probably why they did it. Under the Bob Chapek regime, Bob Chapek doesn't care about anything creative. He doesn't care about how good the shows are, how bad the movies are. He doesn't care. He doesn't even bother to show up to the premieres of his own movies. I've talked about this before. I've been to a lot of premieres. I've been to a lot of Disney premieres. And every single time, I can't think of one time that Big Papa Iger, that Bob Iger wasn't there personally to show his support for his filmmakers and his creators. I've been to two premieres since Bob Chapek has been CEO. He hasn't bothered to show up to either of them. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. All he cares about is this going to follow my banker buddy's plan of what's going to generate revenue. And what is Bob Chapek most concerned with right now? All he cares about is getting subscribers for Disney+. And what is Kathleen Kennedy doing right now as far as Disney Plus goes? This is what she's doing. Besides Mandalorian Season 1 and 2... Mandalorian Season 3 is coming. Book of Boba Fett is coming. Andor is coming. Obi-Wan is coming. The Acolyte is coming. Ahsoka Tano is coming. Uh, like, she's delivering exactly what the Disney execs want her to deliver. That's what she's getting. So listen, if it's me, I'm looking at why you don't keep her. Complete directorial disarray with Josh Trank, Colin Trevorrow, Lord Miller, Gareth Edwards, Patty Jenkins, Benny Elf and Weiss, the Obi-Wan series. Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker be incredibly divisive. The High Republic was a bust. But if you're asking the questions, why did they keep her? Here's how the Disney a, a Disney executive sits down and looks at it right now. Under Bob Chapek would look at it and say, man, she's made a lot of billion-dollar films. Mandalorian season ones and two took over the world. They, they took over the world, those shows. The fans are real happy about Clone Wars. And we're really all about Disney Plus right now. And she's bringing us Mandalorian season three, Boba Fett, and or Obi-Wan, Acolyte, Ahsoka, and more. Do I think she should have been given an extension? No. Can I understand why Disney gave it to her? Yeah. 
I, I just, of, of course I understand why they did. I wouldn't have, I don't agree with the decision, but I get why they did because there's a lot of stuff there. Kim, you see all this, you hear about all this. What do you think about Kathleen Kennedy getting three more years? Part of me feels like, look, I'm not in that chair. I'm not in that chair making the decision. None of us are. Um, however, as the fans, we want results and we want them now, you know, but somebody might be looking at, you know, plans that we haven't seen and saying, you know, I'm not happy with what you did with this, this and this show me, give me a reason. Maybe she had an opportunity to, um, you know, not plead her case, but sh say, look, I can turn this around. Let me show you how I can do it. And maybe based on those projections, they're like, okay, we're going to give you another chance because look, when you look back at her career, it's not like she's some newcomer that got her hands on these really important IPs and she's just driving it into the ground. She really has done wonderful, wonderful work. And, but she's at a period in her career. I mean, and look at me, like, who am I to talk? But I, it seems as though there's a period in her career where there's a lot of struggle. You have a lot of talent on the table and you're not really giving them, um, the, the proper atmosphere to shine the way they can. You know, I, I really feel like, please do not mess this up with Patty Jenkins. You have, she will make a wonderful film, but please get back, back on track. Um, please don't do what's been done with the other directors. You know, let's move forward. Let's correct the course. And maybe whoever greenlit her for more time sees that she can correct the course. And based on her wonderful career, you know, minus you know, the stuff recently, they believe in what she can do. So I don't know. There's, there's a reason, there's a reason. And I hope it doesn't, doesn't just boil down to cha-ching. I know, think it we, does. We want quality. You know, we want our stories told in a way that will honor the franchise. So we'll see. All right. Question is for you guys. What do you think about Kathleen Kennedy getting a three-year extension. I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit surprised. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be totally surprised when we look at the pros and cons list. I guess it, there's an argument to be made there. But how do you guys feel about it? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Kimberly, what is our fourth main topic? All right. Trig Winslow says, hi, John and Kim and Ray. I loved the discussion on the show earlier today about what we can expect from the new Spider-Man trailer. So it got me wondering about what characters you think are going to actually show up in it and what are their chances for being there? I think there are a lot of possibilities. And if you use this Please let me shout out to my girlfriend, Melanie, on her birthday. Happy birthday, Melanie. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thanks a lot for sending that intrigue. All right. So tonight, we are now, what is it, 5 p.m. they're going to do it? It is. So it we is. are five hours and 42 minutes. We are T minus five hours and 42 minutes right now away from the Spider-Man No Way Home Big surprise! Big surprise! <laughs> <laughs> trailer coming, coming to us all. And I, I'm guessing. I think it said that it's going to be dropped online at 8:30 p.m. It says Canada time. Oh, okay. I, I, I never fail to be amazed at Americans' ignorance of the pure size of Canada. They're like five times <laughs> like like Canada time. 
Canada's a big place. There are many time zones. But when it says 8.30 p.m., I'm going to assume they mean Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Which would be 5.30 for us in Los Angeles. So. If someone doesn't leak it in the next half hour. If which someone doesn't so leak it in the next annoying, guys. Stop it. I totally think it will be. Stop. I totally think within the next three hours, someone's going to leak this thing online. Oh, God. I'm not saying I have any insider information. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if in the next three And their name is not John Campion. later on. You later. never know. <laughs> never know so okay so uh, 5 p.m here four hour five hours 42 minutes now five hours and 40 minutes countdown keeps going we're gonna get this new trend we're gonna get a lot of answers more questions more questions but also man. a bunch of answers so the question becomes who's gonna be in it who are we gonna see we talked a lot about yesterday about the fact that this thing's coming today very excited for it we're gonna get we're gonna get some insight into stuff but who, who is going to be in this thing? What are we going to see? What's going to be there? Well, why don't we play a little bit with this and see where it's going to go? So I, I, I'm, we're going to take your question here, man. We're going to take your question and we're going to look at who's in this Spider-Man trailer and what are the chances of them being here? So all three of us, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go down some names and then all three of us are going to give a percentage of what we think the chances are that those people are going to be in the trailer tonight. All right? That's what we're doing. We're going to get things started off here with Doc Ock. I'm going to, look, I'm, I'm going to go right out here. I'm going to say 100%. 100%. I, 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 the, you already teased us with, hello, Peter. You already gave us that. No reason not to show him. He's now in all the posters with his arms, at least. I think you show him. So, yeah, there's that. Kimberly? What are the chances we're going to see Doc Ock in the trailer tonight? 100%. You're also going to go 100%. Okay. I'll One. say 100.1. How about that? Oh, you cannot do 100.1. <laughs> that breaks the laws of mathematics. You're not allowed to do that. So let me just get my percentage signs in the right spots here. Okay. Well, Ray. Oh. Doc Ock. 99.9%. So you're going to go a little bit lower just than the rest of us. Just a little bit, just in case. Okay, so Doc Ock being in there. I'm you're just saying, saying in the trailer, right? Yeah. Who's going to show in the trailer? Who's going to show up in the trailer? 99.9%. 99.9% says Ray. Okay. Let's go on to another should be fairly easy one, I think. We'll go over to this. Electro. Um. They've been hiding him more than others. I was just going to say, didn't we only get like a little bit of lightning or something in last posters, time? Yeah, like in the poster? We poster? didn't really get a full look at him. So I'm going to say 85%. I'm going to go 85%. So Kimberly, chances that we're going to get Electro in the trailer tonight. I'm going to say 90%. We're going to get a good Jamie Foxx close up. All right. And Ray. 51%. Ooh, you're going to go a little bit lower. You're thinking there's less likely. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. I just like 59 and 49. So Okay, those, those are good. Those <laughs> oh work. God. That is your reason. <laughs> That's a good reason as any. Okay, so we've got for Electro Meet 85, Kim at 90, Ray at 51. Okay, how about this one? Now it gets a little bit, bit more curious. We, we saw his bombs and everything, but we didn't really see him per se. Goblin. What chance we're going to see Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin? I'm actually going to say this. I'm going to say 49%. I think there's a, a there's a decent chance they're going to keep Willem Dafoe. Like, we know he's there, right? We know he's there. But I think they're going to just, even though they know that we know he's there and they, they put him in the poster, I think they still might actually just keep him for the movie. So I'm going to say a good chance, but still 49%. Kim, what about you? 
I'd say 30%. Oh, you're going even lower. Okay. Yeah, 30%. because I, I think we'll only get him like in the costume. We might get him zooming by, but I don't think um, we're going to get anything really other than him in an action shot. All right. Yeah. Ray, what about you? Just because I, I really hope that like he's redesigned a little bit. That they won't show him, so I'll go 49%. I'll go with you. Okay, so you're going to go... It's, hey, really good chance, but it's lower than 50%, yeah. so we're going to go on that. Okay, let's go on to the next one here. The next one is going to be... All right, we, we've talked about it. Tom, Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman. What are the chances that we see Sandman... I'm going to actually say, because we haven't seen anything from him yet, I think we're actually going to get a little bit of a reveal. I'm going to go 65% on Sandman. So I'm going to give it a 65% we see Sandman. What about you, Kim? I say 80%. 80%? Yeah. Going yeah. right up there. I think, okay. I think they're going to go for it. Now, now this is, like, let's say this, they just show, like, sand falling, but they don't no, show him. I mean, him. actually see him. Oh, actually see Either him. the character, CGI character of Sandman, and or green and blue Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. With 49%. I don't think we're going to see him. Okay, you're going to go 49% on yeah. that. Okay, so that's where we are on that right now. 49% for Sandman. Okay, now it gets interesting. Next one up is we're looking at Lizard. Which, of course, you know, was the, the villain in the first Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, uh, Rizifons. I think people are, some people are saying he's listed on IMDb, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm going to go lower on this one. I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a good old 25% on seeing Lizard tonight. What about you, Kim? I'd say, I'd say 40%. You're going to say 40? Maybe. Okay, 40%. And Ray? I actually like him showing up in the trailer. So you like this? Yeah, 51%. You're going to go higher on that. You're yeah. going to go 51% on that. Okay, so for Lizard, I got 25, Kim 40, Ray 51. All right. Okay, now it's, now it's the headliners. Now it's the headliners, all right? So, we're going to talk now about Toby and about Andrew. This coming off hot off the heels, of course, we <laughs> talked a little bit earlier about Andrew Garfield's finally now just saying straight up, look, I'm not in the movie. So let's start with Andrew then, since he just said he's not in the movie, definitively saying, I am not in the movie. I still don't believe him. I still think there is a 90% chance. I mean, I could be dead wrong about this. We'll, we'll know tomorrow morning, we're going to be eating a lot of crow on this. Uh, be yeah. totally wrong about lots of stuff. But I'm going to actually say 90% that Andrew Garfield is going to be in this trailer. Not 100%, but 90 Kim, what about you? I do not. Uh, the, we're doing percentage that he'll, he will be. That he will be in it, yeah. Zero. You're saying zero. zero. I believe the man. And I believe the man won't be in the film. Just so not only I believe not in the trailer, him. you believe he's not going to be in the movie. I believe he's not going to be in the movie. Okay. I believe we created this, this hype. We created this storm. Uh, you were a victim of your own issues, and uh, he's not going to be in it. Okay, Ray, what about you? Andrew Garfield being in this movie, or being the trailer tonight. He's thinking. Uh, he's thinking. Doctor Strange is involved. 51%. I'll uh, go with him. Well, no, you're talking about the trailer. We're not yeah. talking about in the movie. I keep will Toby Maguire, or sorry, will Andrew Garfield be in this movie? Oh, or 49%. This he won't be in the trailer. Okay, so you're going, so you still think there's a decent chance, but you're just going to go 1% under yeah. 50. All right, Ray is saying 49%. Okay, let's jump up then to Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire is not on the Today Show saying, I'm not in this movie. 
But I don't know what are the chances that Toby Maguire or that Toby is in it and Andrew isn't. I can't see them doing one or the other. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just say exactly the same yep, thing that I said here. for same Andrew. Old, I'm going to say 90%. Ray is going to say it's the exact same likelihood at 49%. Kim, what about you? Dude, zero. So not only, Andrew, you're going to believe I zero don't him think as well. Either of them, I don't think either of them will be in the movie. And that is my, I, I'm standing on that. I might eat it tomorrow morning, but I, the, I'm standing on I don't believe they're going to be in it at all. So not only not in the trailer, you don't even think they're going to be in the movie. In any capacity. All right. Now we got a few more interesting ones here. I'm going to just bring them all up and we can run down them fairly quickly. So let's jump over here. Next ones we're going to look at are Venom. Yes. Venom, yes. Venom, Venom, Venom. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. <laughs> who, from what I read this morning, is in L.A. right now. Let's do it. So go. I am going to go a solid 70%. I'm going to go a solid 70% that we're going to see Venom in this trailer. I'm a solid 70, especially after what we just saw in Venom 2. There's no point in keeping it hidden. Yeah. I think they're going to put it out there for the world to see. I don't know. Kim, what do you think that Venom shows up in this trailer? 90%. 90%? 90%. Oh, you're like feeling pretty damn certain. Yeah, I'm feeling very certain about that. Okay, Ray, what about you? I'm not like, um, I'll go a little bit below you, like 69%. You just, you just wanted to say 69. Okay, 69% that Venom shows up. All right, now... Actually, you've changed all my answers to 69%. Every, every question. I work with children. <laughs> Go ahead and fill that in for the next ones. Too. Just fill it in now. Just put 69 in now. All right. Closely connected to, but separated from Venom, is Morbius. Now, of course, we had the we had the mural on the wall in the Morbius trailer. We had Michael Keaton in the Morbius trailer. It's almost like they're making an announcement by it. I, I'm going to say I think he'll be in there. Not as certain as I am about Venom. So I'm going to go 64%. I will say 64% that Morbius will be in this trailer. Kimberly, what about you? Oh, gosh. You know, I'm going to say 50. I, I, you're, you're I'm, I'm giving it a 50-50. coin toss? Yeah, a complete coin toss. Oh, we could because, get 50s? Because, because, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll never be wrong. <laughs> Okay, 51%. Kim says 51%. Okay, Kim says 51%. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I think 51% because his, still mo his, his movie is still a little um, far off, yep. but they just teased way too much in his trailer. I'm like, okay, you've got to be involved somehow. All right, Ra Ray? Uh, I'm going 0%. I just don't think they would introduce him when his movie hasn't come out yet. Ooh, Oh, you know what? That's a good point. It's just that why, like, people... His, yeah, you're right. They want people to learn about that character first, right? And and plus, like, That's when a you good put a whole bunch of characters in one film, sometimes it becomes a complete disaster. But uh, people already familiar with the character, I could see them throwing them in there. Throwing them in this movie, but trailer-wise, I don't think he's going to be in there. All right. Next up, Michael Keaton. Now, this is, of course, kind of connected to the Morbius thing, but he's also in the Tom Holland Spider-Man verse already. And yeah, we see him secret. pop up in the Morbius trailer. I'll tell you what, I somebody brought up the Michael Keaton thing to me the other day, and I'm like really torn about it. So I'm going to say that Michael Keaton showing up in the trailer, I'm going to give 26%. So unlikely 
but I'm not going to be shocked if he, if he is. Kim, what about you? Michael Keaton showing up in this trailer. I'd say like 30% because here's the thing. If um, Andrew and um, uh, Toby, Toby, sorry, are not in the film, you've got to come with some great surprises. And having someone being like, surprise, you just saw him. Like, that's not a surprise. Le- a trailer is a short amount of time. Let's keep it for the surprises. So very, very low. All right, Ray. All right, I like I like him in it. Probably you, you, you 65%, like percent. Yeah. How much? Sixty-five. Sixty-five. Because so I'm going unlikely. Kim's going unlikely. You're going to go likely. I like that. All right. Now a name that we brought up yesterday. Craven the Hunter. Sony announced a while ago that they're doing Craven the Hunter. Mm. Kickass himself, Quicksilver himself, Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be Craven the Hunter. They might like. Remember, Marvel introduced Black Panther in. Civil War yes. before doing his own thing. Could it be possible mm, that right. Sony said to Marvel, hey, you got to put our that Craven character right. in this movie to introduce him? I think it's a very interesting possibility, and I am going to do a push on it. I'm going to do a push. I'm going to call it a straight up. No, I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go 45%. Still decent possibility. Decent possibility, but not over the 50% mark for me. Uh, Kim, what about you? That Craven the Hunter, Aaron Taylor Johnson, shows up in this trailer. I- I'm going to give it 40%. Really? You're yeah, going to that high because I thought it was going to be that. They said big surprises. Big surprises. And that would be a big hey. surprise. Ray, you let me down. Yeah, no, no, no. That would be zero. Ray, where's my zero? Yeah. You're going zero on that, Ray? Just big surprises. I, I'm thinking, oh, surprises that everyone will know about. Like, like will know of. Like, if somebody saw Craven on the screen. on the screen. How many of us were, right, like, were even talking about Craven before you, you mentioned it, John? True, like, true, yesterday, true. I was like, oh, my God, I completely even forgot he was even cast. I just don't think he's going to be in there. He's not going to be in there. There's yeah. no way he's going to be in there. All I right. will guarantee. Let's not do that. <laughs> I will shave my. No. I, I, um, let me ask you guys this, though. You guys watching live chat right now. Who am I missing? Who else should I put in this list about people we could see? I'm seeing. I just saw. Where was it? Uh, LVK6 is in there. And he's saying that we should have on there. Spider-Ham. Daredevil. <laughs> Oh, Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Hmm. All right. But in the trailer. In the trailer. Okay. I'm going to go 18%. 18% that Daredevil's in there. Kim, what about you? I'm going to say 25%. You're going to say 25%. Because there's a lot of areas that would make sense. Yeah. Ray, what about oh, you? Oh, man. As much as I would like to see it, I'll go 0%. Ray's going zero, like Dang, a straight-up goose egg on I'm that. I'm sorry. All right. Another name we're seeing a lot of people throwing in there right now is Mysterio. Ooh, that'd be good. Ooh, you know what? This, Kate, the Mysterio thing is interesting because it raises an entirely different question, which is, did he actually die in Far From Home? Because that's been a discussion that a lot of people have been having, that a lot of people think he didn't actually die in Far From Home, mm-hmm. and this is all just another part of his plot to get at Peter and stuff like that. Here's the thing. I think he died. And I think they're leaving him there. I don't think Jake Gyllenhaal is coming back for this. So I'm going to go 2%. 2%. Anything's possible. I'm not going to say zero. I'm not going to say zero. But I'm going to say 2%. Kim, what about you? Do you think we're going to see Mysterio in this? Oh, gosh. 
I'd say um, maybe 10%. You're going to go first. Okay. So I mean, if you go the me. Sinister Six route, but I don't know mm-hmm. where they're going to. I don't. It doesn't look like that's going to be the story, but. All know. right, Mysterio, you got Kim down. I got Kim down for 10% of Mysterio. Ray, what about you? I'll go 51% that he's in this trailer. You think he's going to be there? Only because, like, in a weird, like, oh, like a flashback way. <laughs> but still, I, mean, I think he, they're going to show him. But you it think may not be to be a part of the movie. Remember, we're talking about the trailer. Yeah, just the trailer. You think they might have put a flashback of him in the trailer? Or something like that. All right. Watch. Maybe You're... like a cut of him. I don't know. I look, I, I, you watch. This trailer is going to come out later tonight. We're going to find out Ray was absolutely right about every single one of these things. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, a bunch of people are saying. And I will resign and go with Sony. <laughs> right. A bunch of people in the in the uh, live chat are saying uh, Mephisto. Yeah, I don't think we need to do Mephisto. Here's. Okay. I'm seeing a number of people mentioning this one. The latest one to mention him is where did it go? I saw the name mentioned a bunch of times, but I'm missing who actually said, okay, Pegasus is the last person in the live chat to mention it. And maybe we should bring it up here. Uh, And again, Pegasus isn't the only one in the live chat to bring this up, but they are the most recent one. How about, how about this? Robert Downey Jr. No, too soon. You're going to say, well... Uh, in the trailer. In the trailer? That Robert Downey Jr. pops up in the trailer. Oh. Now, look, I've been saying from the moment that Robert Downey Jr. said, and I am Iron Man. I was like, he'll be back. I mean, just start the countdown. He's going to be back. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or three years from now. Robert Downey Jr. will be back. I mean, he's been very connected to the Spider-Man character. He's been very, very connected to the Spider-Man character. I'll tell you what. I don't think this is the craziest theory. I, I don't think it's the dumbest theory I've heard all day. I'm going to say 11%. I mean, that obviously means I think it's very unlikely, but uh, I'll, I'll give it as much as an 11% thing there. Kim, what about you? Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man showing up. You know, the one guy says, I am Spider-Man. And then the other one says, no, I'm Spider-Man. The other one says, no, I'm Spider-Man. And Robert Downey Jr. and I am Iron Man. What do you think? <laughs> Does that happen? Gosh, uh, let's say 35%. Woo, you... I, you know why I think that? Because I feel like, because Tom Holland has said this movie's going to be brutal. This isn't right. some haha, oh, so fun. No, this is going to be brutal. And what better way to come back from a brutal situation than to have your mentor give you some words of wisdom from the beyond? And I think just like he left that recording um, for Morgan. He might have a recording stored somewhere for Peter when times get really tough. Press play. Um, could something like mm-hmm. that? Ray, what do you think? Zero percent. <laughs> Ray handing out the goose eggs. Goose eggs. Like they're candy out there. Okay. What about Miles? Oh, all right. Let's. 100. <laughs> Miles. I, I mean, honestly, I haven't even really considered the possibility. I, like, honestly, I really think Sony is going to keep him very much in this very, very successful Academy Award winning animated spider-verse stuff i don't think they're bringing him into live action but I'd love to see him. let's talk about miles okay i'm gonna go five percent i'll go five percent on miles again not impossible ray you're saying miles like do you really think so what do you what's the no i no. there's a big difference between whether i think so or whether i would like to see oh okay so zero percent <laughs> another another goose egg for zero percent kim what about you i'm going to say 70 percent and the reason being is i still believe that although he might not be like a major character we're talking about the multiverse the multiverse Mm -hmm. of madness and he might 
be walking in a world and being like, there's a there's a cartoon version of me. There's a this version of me. Like he's dealing with the multiverse. And hello, the multiverse was the last time we saw Miles. It only makes sense. It only you might see the world glitch a little bit. You know, that reminds me of, like, Cool World or something. But, like, you might see the world glitch a little bit. And then Tom Holland's, like, looking at his cartoon-looking hands and five seconds of, like, what world am I in? I really, really believe in this. All right. Here's another one a bunch of people thrown in there. Jen Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. Jennifer. Now, they just did the uh, the Disney Plus thing showing that she is coming. Now, so we know that. Do you think they'll intro her in a movie like this? Did, would Sony let Marvel just use their movie to introduce and to hype up one of their upcoming Disney Plus shows? Maybe yes, maybe no. But um, I'm going to say, Jen Walters, you know what? I'm going to go as high as 30% on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say 30% on that. Kim, what do you think? I'm going to say 0%. All right, big zero. Goose egg on that. Same here. And Off Ray focus. is going to go big zero. Okay. There's, that's too many. Doing too, too many much. That's, 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 that's just that too much. much at that point. Like, <laughs> It's just too much. All too right. much going on. Stay All focused. Right. So let's, there's a lot of other let's, people. Let's saying, go with the, the, the ex, or not the ex-girlfriends, but the, let's say, like, Kirsten Dunst and, like, <sighs> She's she's already very adamantly said no 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 she has nothing oh, to do with it. Oh, she's not in it. Yeah, yeah okay. like like very adamantly. And they're not really like, superheroes. Not in so. there. Some people in the live chat are saying we should talk about uh, whether that or not Batman is in it. Uh, some people <laughs> talking about Deadpool. We know Deadpool's not in there. Some people are saying Wong. That seems out of step of that. I mean, he is going to be. I mean, doc, listen. Actually, Wong isn't a bad guess because he's usually around Doctor Strange. Yep. So I think Wong for sure. Okay. I don't think yeah, in the trailer. Yeah, I, I think yeah. in the movie. I, I think in the trailer, it, it, because it just makes he was too in much. The first trailer, though. Remember, he's like, "Don't do it to Doctor Strange." Oh, you're right. Yeah, he was in the first trailer. Bro. So, so Wong's not. He was in the doctor. first trailer. Was he? Yeah. He's remember, like, "Don't he's, do that spell," and then he's like, "Peace out. Strange. I gotta go." You know what? You're right. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking of? Yeah. I was confusing that. Slip my mind. With Wong. Chi. I was no, no. I was confusing that with the animated What If. I see. Because oh, remember, he yeah, had those yeah, 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 yeah. So I was confusing that with the animated thing. You're right. He was already in the yeah, trip. he was already. There you go. So that answers yeah. that. And you guys, there's a lot of other things. Like Professor X, Mutants, Mephisto, Scorpion, people are saying. Nick Fury, people are saying. Gwen Stacy, uh, people are saying is a possibility. Black Cat. Um, so, oh, my God. The, the thing is moving so fast. Yeah, I know. Uh, Emma Stone, Jesus. Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. That would be fun to see her back in Bruce that. Campbell, she cracked her skull. Uh, Childish mean. Gambino reprising his role as Miles's uncle. Uh, yeah. Rhino, James Franco, The Watcher, Shrek. I think we'll see James <laughs> yeah, Franco Shrek. anywhere. Kingpin. Uh, some people are saying Kingpin. There's a lot of possibilities there, guys. All right, we don't Kingpin have wasn't Daredevil. <laughs> we don't have a lot more time that we have to wait. We are now five hours. And 18 minutes away from the debut of the new Spider-Man trailer. Why do I want you to drive down there, John, and just go live for us? I, take one for the team. <laughs> go live. Go take your beach chair and your blanket and get down there in line, man. Or <laughs> I could just watch it online here at home and not go anywhere. Five seconds after that. I it. could do that, too. <laughs> I think I'll stick with that one myself. Anyway, guys, whatever you guys are thinking about this, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, 
With all that down and out of the way, listen, there are still a number of other issues that have been going on in the world of movies and movie news that maybe we don't have time to talk about as main topics. But if you follow our show, we want to make sure you're up to date with all those things go as well. So we are reintroducing a segment back into the John Campia show that we simply call the news feed. So, Kim, what are the other stories going on in the world that we should at least touch on here? All righty. For our first story. Jennifer Garner has maintained a long career in Hollywood as just being as tough as she is sweet. She has established herself as an action star with roles in films like The Kingdom alongside Jamie Foxx, most recently as the mom turned assassin out for revenge in 2018's Peppermint, and of course her most famous role as Sidney Bristow in ABC's hit action spy drama Alias. Yet she balances her killer side with her family favorites like Netflix's Yes Day, Indie Darling Butter, and the beloved early 2000s romantic comedy 13 Going on 30. Now we will get to see Garner in Apple TV's new series, which is based on a novel of the same title, The Last Thing He Told Me. According to Variety, The Last Thing He Told Me follows a woman, Garner, who forms an unexpected relationship with her 16-year-old stepdaughter while searching for the truth about why her husband has mysteriously disappeared. Now, Hollywood is a busy town, and due to a scheduling conflict, Jennifer Garner is now playing the lead instead of Academy Award winner Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts' next role will be starring opposite Sean Penn in the upcoming Stars drama series Gaslight about the 1970s Watergate scandal. Roberts' last streaming series was with Amazon Prime Video's Homecoming in 2018. Garner will also star in another Apple TV book adaptation called My Glory Was I Had Such Friends. All right. I love Jennifer Garner. I, I, this Jennifer Garner is kind of my celeb crush. She's my long, long, long term celeb crush. So anything she's going to be in sounds good to me. All right. What's next? All right. Now, this story makes my heart sing because we are talking about Dr. Seuss and the beloved book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, which was published in 1990. Now, we can look forward to an animated adaptation of the heartwarming story from the director that brought us Step Up, Crazy Rich Asians, and In the Heights, and soon the film adaptation of the Broadway hit Wicked. The Hollywood Reporter says the film set to debut in 2027 will bring the iconic story and characters of Dr. Dr. Seuss's beloved book to the big screen and marks Bad Robot Productions' first four-way into feature animation. J.J. Abrams and Hannah Mingla will share producer credits. Based on Dr. Seuss's final book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, will be an animated musical that follows a young adventurer amid the peaks and valleys of life. Now, something interesting is over 80 years ago, the U.S. was facing a serious illiteracy problem, and Theodore Seuss Geisel, a magazine cartoonist, made it his mission to make books that captured children's whimsical imagination and featured less than 250 words to keep the new readers engaged. Thus sparked a collection of over 60 books that celebrated the wondrous imagination of a child. 
One in four children in America for the past 80 years have received a Dr. Seuss book as their very first book. And it's no wonder that the great minds of Warner Animation Group and the Dr. Seuss Enterprise have agreed on a deal to adapt the whimsical and thoughtful writings of Dr. Seuss to animated features in the coming years. In addition to Oh, the Places You'll Go, audiences will also get a new adaptation of the classic The Cat in the Hat. We last saw The Cat in the Hat on the big screen in 2003 from Universal Pictures starring Mike Myers, Alec Baldwin, and the late Kelly Preston. I Listen, John M. Chu, he has really been on a roll lately. He's, I mean, I, obviously I love Crazy Rich Asians. I love what he did within the Heights. And despite the fact that he kind of got us, I think he got to start doing documentaries with Justin Bieber. I'm pretty sure, like, never I think he's never, never stopped, never stopping, never say never. <laughs> Sorry, the spoof is never stopped, never stopping. So uh, yeah, listen, I think this guy's on a roll and I'd be curious in anything he's doing. All right, what's next? All right. Now, audiences love when film adaptations nail the casting with not only great actors, but a doppelganger to the actual historical figure. Now, we've seen this with 2004's Ray with Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles and 2012's Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis as the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. However, some audiences can get a bit irritated if the actors fall short of twin level in a biopic. After the trailer for Being the Ricardos debuted in October, many longtime I Love Lucy fans complained that Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem did not resemble the couple enough. IndieWire cites in an interview between Aaron Sorkin and The Hollywood Reporter, where where Sorkin says, we made this movie during COVID. And so in Zooming with Nicole and Javier and everyone else, I'd make it very clear to them, I'm not looking for a physical or vocal impersonation of these people. Sorkin said, leading up to the first rehearsal, I'd write them every day. Just play the characters who are in the script. I know that Nicole was working on Lucy's voice for a while, and I wanted to relieve her of that. Now, it's important to note that amongst the fan criticisms, the most important party in all of this has given her full support, and that is the eldest child of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, Lucy Arnaz, who has gone on record to say of Nicole Kidman that she became my mother's soul. She crawled into her head. She cared very deeply about this part, and it shows. I believed everything she said. In regards to Javier Bardem, she said, he really doesn't look that much like my dad, but he has everything dad had. And you can tell from the performance that he just loved him. Being the Ricardos will have a theatrical release in the in select theaters on December 10th and be available on Amazon Prime Video on December 27th, just in time for the holidays. I cannot believe how good this movie looks. Like I, I, I was excited about it because you got Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem, two of the greatest actors in the world. Sorkin is Sorkin. I mean, he's, he's again, a first ballot hall of famer and all that kind of stuff. Love it. And then when the trailer came out though, I was absolutely enamored with it. And I think she's going to crush this. Absolutely. I got chills. All right. What's next? All right. In 2004, the hit ABC show Lost became a network TV phenomenon as audiences had record-breaking numbers tune in to watch the mysterious fate of the passengers of Oceanic Flight 815 unfold on a cryptic island full of deadly secrets, thus proving to networks that audiences love to not know what the hell is going on. Many shows have attempted to recreate the success of the award-winning Lost with a head-scratching premise like NBC's Heroes and 
Manifest. Well, a new show debuted this fall that is capturing audiences with the similar type of mysterious premise and seems to be finding favor with the TV gods, NBC's La Brea. It has just been renewed for a second season. Variety says in the show, a massive sinkhole opens in the middle of Los Angeles, pulling hundreds of people and buildings into its depths. Those who fell in find themselves in a mysterious and dangerous primeval land where they have no choice but to band together to survive. Meanwhile, the rest of the world desperately seeks to understand what happened. In the search for answers, one family torn apart by this disaster will have to unlock the secrets of this inexplicable event to find a way back to each other. This ensemble cast is comprised of new and familiar faces like Natalie Z from Justified, John Seda from Chicago PD, Owen Mackin, Rachel Kaplan, and Jack Martin. You can catch La Brea Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. on NBC. I was going to watch this show. I was going to watch this show. And then I heard a review of it by Ray Ora. Because <laughs> oh, no. Ray... You you saw you saw this thing, didn't you? Didn't you watch the first episode? Well, I, I tried to watch the first episode, and then I don't know. It's it's not. I'm not into it. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people. That wasn't into it. I have to admit, I didn't bother checking it out myself, and I probably won't. But hey, it got renewed, so there's that. All right, what's our final one? Our final story is about Yellowstone. Kevin Costner has charmed audiences in many film. In many Western films over the years, such as Open Range, Wyatt Earp, and Silverado. Recently, he has captured audiences once again as the tough-as-nails patriarch of the Dutton family, John Dutton, in the Paramount Network hit show Yellowstone. Yellowstone was created by Tyler Sheridan, known for the critically acclaimed Wind River and Heller High Water, and John Linso of Great Expectations. Deadline says the Nielsen Live Plus 3 ratings numbers are in and Yellowstone has smashed more of its own records. Sunday night season four premiere drew 12.7 million viewers across Paramount Network and three simulcasts on CMT, Pop and TV Land. That's up 66% versus the season three premiere of 7.6 million. Including encores, the season opener drew 14.7 million viewers on premiere night per Nielsen. Yellowstone follows the Dutton family who own the United States' largest contiguous ranch. The family is full of dysfunction on the inside, but together they are a mighty force to be reckoned with as they fight for their land at the corporate level and fight for their lives with fists, guns, and well, whatever Beth Dutton can get her hands on. Kelly Riley, who you might know from the Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr., is electrifying as the gritty yet vulnerable Beth Dutton, which is the only Dutton daughter. The Dutton brothers are played by Luke Grimes of True Blood, Wes Bentley of American Horror Story. Yellowstone keeps viewers on the edge of their seats with intense storylines that feature some great guest stars like Lost star Josh Holloway, Terry Serpico, Catherine Kelly and Piper Perabo. A prequel to Yellowstone called 1883 will star Sam Elliott, Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, and Billy Bob Thornton and debut on Paramount Plus on December 19th. I got turned on to Yellowstone just about two months ago. I, I, I lose track of time. I don't know if it was a month ago or two months ago, but I hadn't watched the first three seasons. Then suddenly some people started telling me, you got to watch Yellowstone. So I popped on the first episode and before I knew it, I had watched six. 
And then I watched all three seasons like within a week or something like that. Like, and then I watched the debut of the new season. I love this show passionately. It's The Godfather with Cowboys. So yes, guys, you should all totally check out Yellowstone because it's really that damn good. And that wraps up our news feed today. Getting you guys caught up on a bunch of stories we didn't have time to make main topics out of. Okay, guys. As we now turn the corner and start getting ready to head into hour three of the show, we are now going to go over and start taking your live comments and questions. Again, you guys have been sending in comments and opinions and thoughts via the super chat link. So thank you for that. We'll get to those first and then we'll move on over and start taking the questions you guys sent in via the tip link. So yeah, let's get on over to it. Kim, what's, what are we starting with here? All right. First of all, Kobe sent in a super chat. Thank you so much for that. Sam says, I really wanted Samo hung for Eero. Sorry, guys. I'm going to make for my screen Iroh. a little bit bigger here because my eyes are crazy. For Iro, But Paul Sung Hung, Su Hung Lee is a great choice. Appa is Iro. Note, I also sent into the tip link before Super Chat were on. Oh, well, that's okay. Thanks a lot for that, Sam. Yeah, listen, I could be happier. Yeah, Sam Hung. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen him around a lot lately, but that could have been cool too. But I, I don't know that I could be much happier than Paul playing the role, to be honest with you. Okay, what's next? Rylan Holman. Rylan Holman says, I wanted to apologize for the Aaron Taylor Johnson Craven fixture mix-up yesterday. I thought it was real and missed the part of it being fake. I was not trying to troll or me mislead anyone. My bad. No, listen, it's totally understandable. I mean, upon first looking at that thing, I thought it looked real. So no, hey, listen, this is why it's good that we have the rest of the fan community here because they quickly corrected us that it was that was fake. No big deal, man. No problem at all. It was still really cool to see. Okay, what's next? Billy Goat sends in a super chat and says, John, what do you realistically think the chances of Toby and An or Andrew not being in No Way Home are? Um, higher today, now that I heard Andrew Garfield give that massive denial, but I still listen, I still think it's going to be there. I, I still think there is a, what did I say? Did I say 90%? I still think there's like a 90% chance. Let me just double check what I said about them here. Uh, uh, yeah, 90%. I still think there's a 10% chance they're not in it, but I'm going to go 90%. I still feel pretty certain about it. All right. What's next? Ethan Co. 2.0 says, do you think a Bugs Life 2 will ever happen? No, absolutely not. Not going to happen. All right, what's next? Casey Maxson's in a super chat and says, that's great casting, but I'm very skeptical because I still don't think turning animated shows into live action works. Hey, listen, it's all about, forget the fact that it was an animated show. Forget that. Just take the story. Can this story be turned into a live action? If anybody, like there are going to be challenges. M. Night already proved that. But if anybody can turn this into a really working live action series, it's going to be Netflix. So I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. We'll see how it turns out, though. All right, what's next? Jordan Harper says, buy or sell Kathleen Kennedy sees the end of the three-year deal. I'm selling that idea. I, I am also selling it. I, I don't think she sees the end of that three-year deal. But then again, I never thought she was going to get a new three-year deal either. So take that with a grain of salt. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says the sixth villain of Sinister Six, No Way Home, is Avi Arad, JK. Uh, yeah, but the funny thing is, Avi Arad, the guy who was just on the stage at the Oscars accepting an Academy Award for a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie, eh, don't forget about that too. All right, what's next? Ismael Montoya says, still think No Way Home movie tickets come out tonight. Yes, I do. I mean, I, I don't know that. Nobody in the industry has told me that. But I said before that I believe whenever the new trailer comes, that it'll end with tickets on sale now. 
So I will be, again, I have no inside information. This is just me guessing, but I will be surprised if this trailer does not end with tickets on sale now. So I believe the tickets will go on sale tonight, but we'll find out in a few hours. All right, what's next? Colby says, John, don't send questions in Super Chat. Campions sends questions. Happy No Way Home trailer day. Hey, no, no, everybody, listen, this is a new thing. So I understand it's going to take people a little while to get used to the fact that, okay, yeah, Super Chats, just for observations, comments, and opinions. If you want to use that, use the tip link to send in a question. And I, if, give people time. They'll catch up to it. They already are, I think. All right, what's next? Unbeatable says, in 1987, when I was eight, Danny Glover was 41. Wow. In the first lethal weapon when he was, <clears throat> clears throat, getting too old for this shit. Still <laughs> excited. Listen, I'll tell you what. I am pessimistic about a lethal weapon five, but I'm not going to lie. Once it gets made, and if it comes out, I'll watch it for absolute certainty. I will absolutely watch it. All right, what's next? James Argenta says, I think Toby and Andrew will will appear like how OG Ghostbusters are shown in the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Hear theme, see them in costume. I mean, that's possible. Look, I have no idea how much of this movie they'll be in, assuming that they're going to be in it. I have no idea how much. I don't know if it's going to be a 10-minute appearance. I don't know if it's going to be a 10-second appearance. I don't know if they're going to be main characters throughout the film. I have no idea. But what you just said, James, is totally possible. All right, what's next? This comes from Spencer Smothers. So it's time to have Paul Lee on the show, John. Yeah, so I, Paul Sung-Hyung Lee and I, we were writing back and forth on Twitter together. And uh, I had mentioned I'd love to have you on the show sometime. He said, yeah, I'd love to do it. Uh, wow. This was right around... Uh, award season in Canada. So he said, you know, uh, so we just kind of let that lie. But about a month or two ago, I did write to him again and said, Hey, just, so you know, I I'd still love to have you on sometime because I I'd never followed up with him since I wrote, since he and I were writing to each other, like three or four months ago, I never followed up. So I followed up a month ago and we will, at some point we will have him on. It will happen. All right. What's next? John Redcorn says, IMO Ghostbusters opening box office is 60 million. Listen, I've said from the beginning, ever since they said they were going to do another Ghostbusters, I don't think it's going to be nearly as big as people think it is. And by the way, I saw this Ghostbusters movie. They showed us, they showed me and Aaron this movie at CinemaCon months ago. It's great. It's it's really fun. I I mean, not as good as the original Ghostbusters, but it's great. And I think every all you're gonna like it. I think sixty million is a good guess. Honestly, I, I'd be right in that neighborhood too. All right, what's next? Casey Max says, "IMO, I'll just be happy if we see our first footage of Defoe as Green Goblin. I don't need Toby and Andrew in the trailer. Save them for the movie. Guess what? Saving things for the movie don't sell tickets. Saving things for the movie don't sell tickets. Because I told you before, I'll tell you again." They put Toby and Andrew in this trailer. They are not going to sell a lot of tickets. They're going to sell all the tickets. All the tickets will be gone. They're in this business to make money. And you're going to make more money if you show them in the trailer. Whether they do put them in the trailer right or not, I, I don't know. We'll find out in about five hours. If it's if they're not in the trailer, I don't know what these big surprises are. <laughs> big surprise. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to be otherwise, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, what's next? Tyson Waters says, Damn, John, you really got my hopes up when you started talking about Kim's convenience. Totally thought there was another season coming. Love the show. I'm not going to lie. I would trade a lot to get another Kim's convenience. I, I would trade I would trade the Obi-Wan series 
if they came to me, if if the entertainment gods came down to me today and say, okay, we can give you another season of Kim's Convenience, but you lose the Obi-Wan series. I'll take Kim's Convenience. No, Do I really would. Do you think after the success of Shang-Chi that the creators who so unceremoniously canceled the show, Just dumped the show. were like, yeah. Why did I do that? Or do you think they're like, eh, no, no. I I don't know. I, I will still never understand. When when everybody thought they were doing another season, all the actors thought they were doing another one, the network thought they were yeah. doing another one. And then just out of nowhere, the showrunners went, yeah, we're done. And the story, it didn't, anyway. No, they didn't wrap up the I story go off properly. On a tangent. Anyway, yeah, I could go off on a rant on that for a while. All right, what's next? David the Goliath sends in a super chat and says, what do you think about Jake Palm boxing matches? This is not the place to send in questions, uh, so don't send in questions uh, on this part other than that total joke. All right, what's next? Chris Leonardo sends in a super chat of 25. Thank you so much. That's super nice. Um, love the show, John. Good to see Kim and Ray in studio full time. Wishing your team continued success. Hope the Sony slash Disney invite to the No Way Home premiere is still on the mail. <laughs> I, I, I will highly doubt that. I will highly doubt that. Listen, I said this before. I will say it again. Look, I've spoken with reps at the studios. They totally know that. I totally believe that those pictures were fake. I've even got some other things of that, and I send them to those. But listen, I wouldn't invite me. Not right now. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I'd just be straight up honest. I'll take your invite. My name's Kimberly Ann Curran. Um, <laughs> listen. Shoot, shoot on my address, John. I will, hey, <laughs> I've said I, I, nothing bad about you. So <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I said this before. I will say it again. Look, I... Even though, look, most people who saw the pictures online, they never saw them on my social media account. By the time I deleted the picture, like when I heard that those pictures could very well be real, I had deleted them within about five minutes. And according to Twitter analytics, only about four or 500 people had seen my post. Yeah, but you know how it spreads. Exactly. So people who saw it, they never saw it from me. They saw it from people knowing full well it was probably real, took it, copied it, screenshot it, wow. went around and, and purposefully showed it to people. That's they didn't crazy. see it from me, but they never would have had them if I didn't post them. They never would have had the screen grabs to share and show to other people had I not posted them. And on that basis alone, even though it was completely inadvertent on my part, and the studios know it was completely inadvertent on my part, they've gone out of their way to tell me they know it was completely inadvertent on my part doesn't matter. It's still the fact of the matter is it wouldn't have been out there if it wasn't for me. And if I were them, I would not invite me to this one. No, I wouldn't. So no, I fully do not. By the way, they've never told me that I wasn't going to be invited to the premiere. They haven't said that, but I would be shocked if I was because I know if it were me, I wouldn't invite me to this premiere. Hmm. And that's fine. I don't care. That's fine. I'll watch the movie the same time I always do. But still, yeah, I wouldn't invite me. <laughs> just, just putting that out there. I wouldn't invite me. All right, what's next? Oh, Mary says, please tell Kimberly, Kimberly, I can't even say my name right, that I adore her. That is all. Oh, thanks so much, Mary. That's really Positive nice Positive energy to you. Doodloo, doodloo, doodloo. All right, um, nice. Martin Rodriguez sends in a super chat. Thank you so much, Martin. Ethan Holgate says, Dwayne Johnson playing Bond. Yee. <laughs> oh, God. We know you can do campiness really well, Dwayne, but you're no Roger Moore. I. It's not that... I don't think Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Johnson is talented. No, no, it's just not a fit. That's all. I'm not saying he's not talented enough to do it. I'm just saying there are some things you're a good fit for and some things you're not a good fit for. Same is true as Al Pacino. Same is true with Robert De Niro. I just don't think Dwayne's role is James Bond. He can be almost anything else, but not James Bond. All right, what's next? Welsh Dynamo 95 says, the show today 
is really easing my nerves for my police interview tomorrow. A thousand thank yous, John. So stoked for the Spider-Man trailer. I hope the police interview is you are interviewing for a job to become police and not that you are a suspect in some big... (laughs) crime or I the hope police they buy my story oh, yes oh man i don't know if my alibi is gonna line up <laughs> don't know if it's gonna line up they got big surprises for big the police surprises. i i don't know so no if it's for job stuff welsh dynamo best of luck to you man i hope it goes great all right what's next frankie gouge says james bond after watching foundation want to go through and on a dark horse candidate lee pace cross between brosnan brosnan and Craig, good looking plus stoic. I mean, I don't mind that at all. Lee Pace. I mean, I Lee Pace. Oh, okay, so Lee. Oh, yes. He was Ronan the Accuser in Guardians yes. of the Galaxy. And what was the name of the show he does? Not Burn Notice. What was the name of his guys? What was the name of Lee Pace show where they where they invented the the personal computer and stuff like that? I keep forgetting the name of it. Somebody in the live chat has got to have it and be able to say it. it was it, it's um, it's not stop. And whatever, it's not halt and catch fire. That's right. It's not stop and catch fire. Halt and catch fire. Uh, is stop apparently and the catch name. These hands. I loved. I loved him in that. I really like Lee Pace a lot. That's actually not a bad bad idea. All right, what's next? Talking seventy five says ad segment with Ray doing racist werewolf review. Oh my god, we haven't mentioned that in oh, years. No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, so many, many, many years oh, ago, no, many man. years ago, just to give some context to this, <laughs> many years ago, we were we were sitting around, we were trying to think about, because like Ray is actually incredibly hilarious, but I remember many years ago, we were maybe like a decade ago, we were sitting around and we were talking about, you know what? What kind of sh- what kind of YouTube show would Ray do, or could Ray do? And we're trying to, we're coming up with all these these absurd things, and Ray said, "I don't know I can do like racist werewolf reviews." I'll be like one of these YouTubers that's I'm reviewing a movie and I'll say something incredibly racist, and when I say something racist, oh. I howl like oh, blah blah oh. blah. Oh my god! like sadly, that YouTube show. We get a million subscribers overnight. <laughs> Raise racist werewolf reviews. You know. Oh. So, yeah. We have a man. So, Tacky75 goes back a ways. Yeah, if he remembers goes back that. a long ways. He goes back like, a do, long like, ways if he remembers trade that. Trade Federation. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The trade you know, first. The blockade. The blockade. The Jedi. No. Where am no, I? No, we're not doing that no more. Nope, not getting no. Nope, That's nope. behind closed doors. The era of the racist world reviews are behind us. Controversial well werewolf. Peter's gonna cancel we'll call you. Call it controversial werewolf. Ah, uh, okay. What's next? Dan's production says Jonathan Major said he was not king in the MCU. See, here's the thing. I don't think he did. I remember when that first came out. Like some people said he was in a comic book shop, and somebody asked him, and it's like. Even when that first happened, I'm like, I don't know if that's being reported. It's like when Tatiana Mislani, there was a story going around that Tatiana Mislani oh, I remember that. was denying that she was yeah. She-Hulk. But I'm like, wait a minute. This is coming from some small, local, up-in-the-bush Canadian local newspaper. And I don't know that this is being reported accurately. So I don't buy that she's actually denying it. And sure enough, she wasn't. So she clarified that later. So yeah, I I never really thought the same thing about Jonathan Majors either. But I mean, I could have been wrong about that for sure. All right, what's next? Rhett Proctor says, excited for the new trailer, but they... 
but they kept saying big surprises. Big surprises. <laughs> big surprises. I say, I say there might be a 50-50 shot that Venom shows up in the trailer. I don't think that's a bad guess, Rhett. I mean, I, I think 50-50 at this point is probably as good of a guess as any. All right, what's next? Richard Cuz says... Cuts, I'm sorry, says, what if they just have a stunt performer in the Garfield Spider-Man suit and Andrew just doing the voiceover? He technically wouldn't be on set. I don't see why on earth you would have Andrew Garfield doing the voice of something and not have him in the suit. I mean, that seems kind of pointless, but I mean, stranger things, Richard, stranger things have happened. What's next? Rylan Holman says where Garfield and McGuire are concerned. I hope that they are in it. If they aren't, I'm trying to manage my expectations so that if they aren't, I can look past it and try to enjoy whatever they give us. What have we been saying around here? Speculation, guessing is great. It's fun. Just don't let, and here's the saying, don't let speculation become expectation. As long as you keep your speculation as speculation, then you're good. It's We only get ourselves into trouble when we let our speculation become expectation. And listen, I'm not going to lie. I've fallen prey to that in this situation. Some of my sp speculation has turned into expectation at this point. I'm, I, and I'm trying to fight that back down. But don't let speculation become expectation. All right, what's next? Prady Iyer says, you said you don't trust Red Notice audience reviews, but Red Notice had a limited theatrical release and it's actually verified audience review of 91%. Uh, well, Prady, if you actually watched, I specifically mentioned that. I, said, I specifically said that um, if, if you watched my companion video, I specifically said that there was a limited theatrical run. Now, here's the other caveat with that. Unlike, say, Shang-Chi, where the reviews are like over 10,000 verified reviews from audiences who are verified to have seen it, there's less than 100 for Red Notice. Less than 100. That's just not a big enough sample size. If it's a critic sample size, 100 is good enough. For the audience, it's not. Like, not when you're talking about other movies having like 10,000, 15,000 user-submitted reviews. With... The uh, with Red Notice, it's less than 100 or right around 100. That's not a big enough sample size, so I still don't give it a lot of credence at this point. But yes, I did specifically say because that number was so small, that was probably from the theatrical release of it. So I, I agree with that. I agree. All right, what's next? Dante Sereccia says, what if Andrew is telling the truth and him and Toby aren't in Spider-Man No Way Home? What if they're both in Doctor Strange 2 instead with the Illuminati and Professor X? Totally possible. I mean, it could be theoretical here that everybody is right, that Toby and Andrew are coming into the MCU to play Spider-Man, but they're totally being honest with saying, hey, I'm not in the Spider-Man movie. Really I mean, good point. that would mean everybody's telling the truth. I don't think that's what's happening, but it would mean everybody's telling the truth, so it's not a bad theory. What's next? Frankie Gouge says, new alert, Paul Sung-Hung Lee has been cast as Uncle Iroh in Netflix's live-action Avatar The Last Airbender series. Perfect. Sorry if it's not news. Somebody didn't see the start of the show. Yep, Frankie, you're absolutely right. He is. And we've already celebrated. And I'll be popping bottles later about it. Thanks for throwing that in, though. What's next? Casey Mack says, John, don't forget about the canceled Ryan Johnson th trilogy. Yeah, I, I should have thrown that one in there, too. Like, Ryan Johnson's got a brand new trilogy. And the answer, he's going to be doing this new trilogy. Oh, yeah. Now, they keep saying it's just delayed. It's not delayed. I've been telling you guys for over a year. That's never going to happen. That, that project is never going to see the light of day. And you're right. We should have added that one to the list, Casey. Well brought up, my friend. All right, what's next? 
Matthew Medario says, I just want, sorry, I trust those leaked photos and videos of Andrew as Spider-Man over the world of a paid liar. I mean, that's his job, not a knock on him. I mean, yeah, but listen, there are lots of photos and things that go around that prove things all the time that turn out that they were faked and doctored all the time. I'm not saying that's the case here necessarily. I'm just saying that you can, but in today, I mean, Ray can make some really believable looking stuff, man. No, I can't. Ray can make some really <laughs> believable looking stuff. I'm not saying Ray made those photos or am I? I'm not saying Ray made those photos. I'm just saying, uh, look, yeah, you got to take what an actor says with a grain of salt for sure. But I mean, don't bet your life on it. I mean, you know what I think, but I'm just saying, let's not bet our lives on it. All right. What's next? Pelican Mike says, John, who's the one other character caught in between two cinematic universes that nobody's talking about being in the movie? Deadpool. I mean, look, we did. We brought up Deadpool the other day. We totally did bring up Deadpool the other day. Uh, I don't, I don't. Uh, there's something that I know that I cannot say that leads me to believe that he is not going to be in this. Now, the something that I know doesn't 100% mean he's not going to be in this, but there is something that I know that I cannot talk about um, that leads me to believe that we are not going to see Deadpool in it. I mean, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It makes it pretty unlikely. So I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say, no, I don't think that's the case. But what if the big surprise tonight was... Surprises is if Ryan Reynolds walks out on stage at this event tonight. I mean, that would be huge. It would be huge. All right, what's next? JJ Aguilar says, Imagine your stock tanking on news. Sorry, guys. Imagine your stock tanking on news. Your streaming service is lagging behind expectations. Then less than a week later, you have a chance to advertise said service and you put it behind a paywall. Okay, so what JJ is referring to here, we talked about this the other day, is the Disney Plus Day streaming thing where their subscription growth slowed down to a crawl. They missed their mark by 80%. And as a result, Disney's stock dropped by 7% in one day. And then when they finally do have Disney Plus Day and they're releasing the Pixar presentation, the MCU presentation... The public couldn't watch it. You could only watch those presentations if you were already a Disney Plus subscriber. That was a dumb move. That part... See, I really like the format of what Disney Plus did with their Disney Plus day. The format. Thought they could have done better with their content. The format was good, but having the big highlight of the day meant to promote Disney Plus and only make it so people who were already Disney Plus subscribers could watch it, that was pretty dumb, JJ. So I, I agree with you, man. I 100% agree with you. All right, what's next? And Doni Ibereche says, regarding the High Republic, I believe it is a success if you take into account at the moment it is a books and comics only project. The niche audience that reads books and comics is liking it. I, I don't know that that's true. I mean, I've talked to some people that like them. Um, I don't mind it. I, I've only got through the first book. I didn't mind it, but I didn't feel any need to keep on reading. Um but I've also talked to a number of people that really didn't like it and, and gave up on it. Now, you're right. You do have to qualify it, understanding that they've only done the books thing. But even in the books realm, like Lost Stars, Claudia Gray's Lost Stars got a lot of traction. It's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. 
uh, Lords of the Sith, fabulous. Tarkin, fabulous. And even though you're only limited to those who will read the books, amongst that group, they got a lot of buzz and everything. I have felt none of that for High Republic. None of it. And so, yeah, you're right. So far, it's only been those mediums. Take that with a grain of salt. But I've seen other things in those mediums in the Star Trek, in the Star Wars world, get a lot more buzz and a lot more traction than High Republic has. To me, it's been kind of a fart in the wind. But who knows? Adani, maybe, maybe better days are ahead for High Republic. You never know. I'll keep my eyes open for it. All right, what's next? Collins E sends in a super chat and says, I don't think it's fair to call High Republic a bust. Star Wars novels have always been niche. Both of the adult High Republic novels made the New York Times bestsellers list and were on there for weeks. And then nobody talked about them. I mean, again, listen, I think you guys are raising a good point that while it's still limited to that one medium, you can't really judge it completely. I'll agree with that. And I'll say I think you're probably right about that. That said, like I already just mentioned, I felt a lot more buzz amongst the niche when those other novels came out, like Lost Stars, Bloodline, things like that. And I just don't feel it for this one at all. I'm not hearing it from people. I'm not seeing it being written in. Nobody writes in questions. I mean, after when Tarkin came out, I got a lot of people writing in about Tarkin. When Lost Stars came out, a lot of people writing in questions about Lost Stars. When High Republic first came out, there were a few questions that came in, but Nobody talks about it anymore. So I'm just kind of gauging from what I'm feeling on the pulse. But you're right. The game's not over yet on it. You're right about that. The game's not over. All right. What's next? Stefan Daylint Water says another Lucasfilm production that has seen its share of problems is Indy 5. Yeah. It's almost like nothing they do over there goes according to plan. Listen, from the very fact that they couldn't keep Steven Spielberg on to direct it. Now, granted, they brought in a damn good director with James Mangold. They got a great director, director of Ford v. Ferrari, director of Logan. They brought in a fabulous director, but it's an Indiana Jones film. You got to have Steven Spielberg directing this. Mangold will do great. He'll do great. But you're right. There's been a lot up and down, years delays. And then on top of that, it kind of feels like it's cursed a little bit. So you're right about that stuff. All right, what's next? James Lucas says, concerning Kathleen Kennedy, isn't a producer supposed to produce? Lucasfilm is releasing very little content compared to other Disney properties. But not all properties are the same. Like, I don't want, frankly, I don't want seven Star Wars things to come out a year. I I quite frankly do not want that. I think you're going to dilute it. I fear Marvel is diluting itself. I think so. I know that's not the popular thing to say, but right now I'm, I am really starting to feel that Marvel may be diluting themselves a bit. And I'm a little bit nervous. I don't want that. Not to mention the first four or five years that, you know, Marvel was going, they were, you know, doing very few projects, but also Marvel is drawing on 60 years of comic book archive material that they can do a ton of different stuff on They're They have a head start in the sense that, they're starting off with characters that a lot of people in pop culture already know about and, and already recognize and their parents knew them and their grandparents knew them. So uh, no, don't judge. Like, I, you know how critical I am of Kathleen Kennedy, but don't say, oh, you're not making enough stuff. I don't think that's one of the criticisms we should give her personally. That's just me. All right. What's next? Danny Sanchez says that you mad bro pick Ray made for John. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> 
There it is. I, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to bring that up every time I get upset about something. I think we, I think Ray should just pop that picture up or something like that. All right, what's next? Milo says, "Can't believe there's no Star Wars film to look forward to at yep. this point. I'll take a two-hour documentary on the advantages of having the higher ground." <laughs> it's over, Anakin. I have the high. Can I? Can I vent about this for a second? Can I vent about this just for a second? About the. That is one of, like, whenever people want to point to the really dumb things in Revenge of the Sith, there's, no, or in other prequel stuff, like, I hate sand. Yeah, all that stuff is is terrible. But I don't think I ever, there are two things that are in that sequence that gave me the biggest eye rolls I've ever had in a Star Wars film. One is when Anakin, you guys know what I'm talking about, when Anakin or Obi-Wan are standing across from each other and they're in the middle of their lightsaber duel and they take a second to have a five-minute saber blade twirl. You know what I'm talking about, right? When they're standing face-to-face, you know every once in a while sword fight, one of the sword fighters will go, mm-hmm. like they spin their sword. There's that one shot where it feels like for 30 seconds they're just standing in front of each other doing their they're not like swinging at each other, I just remember, oh my God, this is painful. This is so long. But the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst, worse than sand, worse from I truly, deeply love you, worse than all of that is I have the high ground. When you go back and watch that duel on Mustafar between Obi-Wan and Anakin, there's like 30 different spots and points in time in that duel where one of them is clearly elevated above the other whether they're hanging on to a thing that's flowing through the thing. There's like 30 different places where somebody has the high ground. But all of a sudden, Obi-Wan is standing like six feet away from Anakin on a little bit of a hill saying, oh man, now it's over. I got the high ground. I have never rolled my eyes so hard in a Star Wars thing than that. And there are a lot of things in the Star Wars prequels to roll your eyes at. Nothing has ever been worse than that. Sorry. I went off on that. I'm done. I'm sorry about that. There we go. All right. What's next? Christopher Brickner says, Kennedy's $4 billion Star Wars movie had December release dates. If Batman v Superman came out in December, it probably would have passed the billion mark. Bullshit. Prove that. A lot of billion dollar films come out in the summertime. A lot of billion dollar films. Look at Marvel's release schedule. Marvel has a ton of billion dollar films that didn't open at Christmas. The vast, vast, vast majority, all their movies. I don't think any of them. How many, how many Marvel films actually opened at Christmas time and needed a Christmas release time to make a billion dollars? I don't know that any of them did. There might've been one or two. Um, so I, I mean, no, that look, I, you're just saying words. You're just saying words, but that you can't back that up. Because that would suggest that Marvel wouldn't have had any billion-dollar films if they didn't open in... Well, they did. I mean, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Who knows Captain Marvel? I, I, this is Batman versus Superman. I should be able to open Batman versus Superman on a cold December in Siberia... And have this tiny screen projector showing it on the back of my ass. And you should still be able to make a billion dollars. And, and that's not me knocking the film. I'm a, I'm a fan of Batman versus Superman. I like that film a lot. I'm not knocking the film. I'm just saying this whole notion about this automatically equals that. If you release it at this time, it will make that. Nah, 
man. You opened when you're open. And if people wanted to see it, they would have gone to see it. I, so I disagree. I disagree. Now I'm thinking about putting up a projector behind me and showing a movie on the back of my ass. That, <laughs> as long as I release it at Christmas time, will make a billion dollars. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm grinding your gears here a bit, brother. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just busting your chops. Having a good time with it. All right, what's next? Jacob Hirsch says, honestly, if it were up to me, I wouldn't watch any of the No Way Home trailers. Let it all be a surprise. But there's going to be image from it everywhere. Yeah, listen, I know a lot of film fans that say, I like to go in cold. I mean, I respect that. That's great. But people like that represent 3% of the movie going on. It's 5%. They need to market these movies to get... There's a reason why, like everybody says, like you didn't have to put out any trailers for Endgame. You know who knows that's not true? Disney knows that's not true. There's a reason they spent $200 million, like the most money ever spent to market a movie on Endgame because they know to get all the people out there. Like if you want to make a, a million dollars, great, but you want to make $100 million, you want to make a billion dollars, you got to market that thing. So yeah, I get it. I, and I always feel bad for those hardcore film fans. They're like, I just want to go and clean. I don't want to see any trailers, but you got to, I mean, for them to make the money they need to make, they got to put those things out. And so, uh, but I hear you, Jacob, I hear you. And the one frustrating thing is it's hard to avoid it. If you're somebody who wants to avoid it, it's very, very difficult to avoid. So I feel you, man. All right. What's next? Kick It to the King production says, Green Goblin killing MJ, Ned, or Aunt May in No Way Home. Which would be crushing to see on screen? Excited to see trailer tonight. Honestly, the one that would crush me most is if he killed Ned. I know, right? I, 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 Ned. Buddy. Yeah, Ned. Ned's the guy. I love Ned. Jacob Bartolone playing Ned. I mean, I honestly feel the better character chemistry and connection between Peter and Ned than I do between Peter and MJ. And I like Zendaya's MJ very much. It's just that that's the one that would break my heart. That's the one. Which one would break your heart? MJ. Yeah, Their love be... is so young and sweet. So young and sweet. So young, so and, young sweet. and sweet. All right. What's next? Dinosaurs Limbo says, I always thought Canada time was just the feeling of joy. You feel deep inside when you drink a warm cup of Tim Hortons, <laughs> went to the tip of Mount Vermont in April, crossing the border next March. So pumped. It is so crazy. Whenever I'm going home to Canada, how many of my American friends say, please bring me Tim Hortons coffee? I don't drink is, coffee. Is that like the Starbucks of Canada? Well, Tim, I'm, I'm ignorant. To, I don't. I've heard things about about it yeah so uh, tim hortons is it's a donut shop it's a donut oh, it's shop. like the dunkin donuts of yeah Canada. it's yeah it's, it's like word only, word i feel you okay far better <laughs> and far more relevant because in canada you you think i'm joking and laugh so hard i think ray you did too you will literally drive down the street and you'll cross some intersections well there there will be a tim hortons on three of the four corners you can't drive more than five or 10 minutes without crossing a Tim Hortons. They are everywhere. They're everywhere. Everybody, like a big saying in Canada is you got to start with your Timmies. Like when people say, I got, I can't start my day without my Timmies. Everybody oh. goes to a drive through Tim Hortons to get their Tim Hortons coffee as well. Now, I'm not a coffee drinker, so it doesn't matter. But Tim Hortons also makes the greatest donut in the world, which is their Boston cream. The Tim Hortons Boston cream donut is the greatest donut in the world. Does it have mayonnaise on it? Uh, no, but now I got to try that. I totally got to try that now. Yeah, so, I, I was totally expecting you to say, because it's filled with it's mayonnaise. Filled with delicious mayo. 
Um, I, yeah. So yeah, Tim Hortons, man. And I'm always surprised how many of my American friends are aware of Tim Hortons. They're always like, can you bring me back Tim Hortons? Can you bring me back Tim Hortons? So it's like, it's, it's always there. All right. What's next? Ryan Holman says, I have a feeling if the ending shot isn't the three Spider-Men, it will be all the villains shot. Uh, if you're talking about the trailer, no, nah, it's going to be the three Spider-Men. I, I just, I, I believe it'll be because it's not a shot of the villains. that's going to sell all the tickets. It's the Spider-Men that are going to sell all the tickets. Especially if you got like the three Spider-Men and then Venom comes up behind them as well and Morbius walks up behind them. What an endgame moment. Oh my God. It would be totally endgame moment. Spider-Man assemble. All right. All right. Deron Smith says, what do you think that it's Harry as Green Goblin? What do you think it's Harry as Green Goblin? I don't think so. I don't think it's I don't think it's either going to be Dane DeHaan or or uh, James Franco. I don't think it'll be either of them. So, no. All right. What's next? Benjamin Nutt says, watch your show every day from England, John. Thank you, Benjamin. Massive fan from AMC days. My question is, I'm from a city called Leicester. Leicester? Yeah, I think so. Can you pronounce it? The only reason I think it's pronounced that is because every once in a while I'll be flipping through ESPN and there'll be... A soccer show on, and I think I hear them say Leicester. I could be totally wrong about that. I'm I'm no you know Ted Lasso, but thank you for watching from from there, man. I appreciate that. All right, what's next? Leicester. Now now you got me. Leicester. Leicher. Let. Nope. Never mind. Some people say it's pronounced Leicester. Oh, it's oh Leicester. I thought it was Leicester. Okay, Leicester. Leicester. All right. I learn something new every day. Dan's production says the article says directors don't want to work at Lucasfilm because the company has a micromanagement and plot point by committee process. Um, which I don't doubt at all. That would annoy the shit out. I don't doubt that at all. Listen, I don't mind that the boss has final say. That's the way it should be. The boss should have the final say, but the boss should set general direction. You know, this is what I need you to do. I need a story about this. Now, how you, this is how Kevin Feige does it. Kevin Feige sits down with his filmmakers and say, look, you're making uh, Buffo the Buffalo Rider superhero movie for Marvel. Buffo the Buffalo Rider. <laughs> Everybody's been dying for a Buffo the Buffalo Rider movie. All right, so here's some things you need to know. Here's our general story, and I need to make sure you don't do this, this, or this, because I'm that'll ruin things for when I'm trying in other Marvel movies. But I need to make sure by the end of the film, this happens, this happens, and this happens. So there's your box. There's your parameters. You stay within those parameters. You go make the movie you want to make. Are we agreed that this is our story? You got to do this. You have to avoid this. Yes? Great. Go make your movie. And, you know, I'll, I'll look at the dailies with you, but go. I don't mind the boss being the boss. There is no more controlling executive in the movie business than Kevin Feige. He is the most controlling guy, but he knows when to now set the creators loose to go. And as long as the creators and the boss are on the same page, see, that's the difference between Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy. Kevin Feige makes hundred percent sure that his filmmakers are crystal clear on what his expectations are. And he understands what their creative vision is and they are bang on the same page before they start making a movie. And then he opens his mouth. And yeah. After that 
is but he solid often doesn't then, have yeah. to because they already understand each other he makes sure they understand each other whereas it looks like with with Kathleen Kennedy that's like at every step of the process, they're trying to micromanage and be in control of every single step. And that's not what a boss does. That's not what a boss should do, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, the boss should be in charge, but being in part of being in charge is knowing when to set your, your creatives loose. So it's, it's a fine line. It's an art more than a science, but yeah, that would be frustrating. All right. What's next? Let me be great. (laughs) Ross Pitts. Shark Hunter says, I beat you, John. I figured you out. Doomsday is going to be the big surprise. And Michael Shannon is the person in the CGI suit. I'm calling it now 100%. Ultimate ultimate crossover, Ross Pitt. You got me. You totally, oh God, I did love Michael Shannon and Zod so much. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says, People keep on saying we still need six villains for the Sinister Six. IMO, I don't think we're getting Sinister Six yet. I think Vulture is recruiting. Yeah, everybody thinks it's just going to be out of nowhere Sinister Six. I don't think they're going to do that. I mean, they might, but I really don't think they're going to do that. So they've got plenty of time to build up to that if that's what they want to do. All right, what's next? Daryl Best Wadley says maybe the surprise is the return of Tony Stark. Hey, man, look, we talked about that. I don't think it's impossible. I really don't. All right, what's next? Danny Sanchez says Michael Keaton in MCU, SSU, and DCU winning in life. He's Batman. He's been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as uh, as uh, as Tom Holland's foil, and now it looks like he's now going to be in the Sony spider universe as well so he's doing it all dude all right what's next ben rayner says bruce campbell as ben parker eyed 15 percent. dude listen with sam raimi being involved somewhere it could happen at some point i wouldn't i wouldn't bet money against it ben not at all all right what's next the one Sends in a great super chat and says, I thought Morbius was initially going to be released before No Way Home, before it was moved due to the pandemic. Maybe the chance of Morbius coming out are higher, but I doubt it. Wishful thinking. You know what? You raise a great point. I don't remember. I don't remember. I mean, in the midst of release date bingo that's happened as a result of the pandemic and all the dates that have been moved, help me out in the live chat, guys. Was Morbius originally supposed to come out before... No way home. I I honestly don't remember. I get so many movies have moved so many dates so many times. I can't remember. Now, uh, Doc Dirty, I love that username, says, yes, it was. Morbius was supposed to come out in 2021. Yes. Um, Yeah, everybody's saying it was supposed to come out before. Originally, it was supposed to be released before Spider-Man No Way Home. So theoretically then, Ray, could that mean that Morbius is possibly in spider-man no way home because to your point he was supposed to have been already introduced in his own solo movie i I don't know what do you think does that change your mind at all nope 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 all right hold it fast oh no no i don't think they're going to introduce morbius in the trailer maybe in the movie at the end maybe maybe all right even craven maybe in the movie but not in the trailer not in the trailer all right what's next all right, we've got super chats from Tevin Camo and Fangblaze71. All right, guys, thanks for sending that. In. And that is all the comments 
that you guys have sent into us today. Thank you guys for sending those comments. So listen, guys, here's what we're going to do right now. We are going to take a short five-minute break. We're going to stretch our legs, refill our drinks and stuff like that. Allow you guys a chance to talk amongst yourselves. Go use the bathroom, grab a bite to eat, whatever it is you need to do. And then we're going to come back and start taking the questions you guys have been sending in. So uh, we're then we're going to round out our third hour here. So thanks a lot for being here, guys. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back. Thank you for your patience and indulgence. So we took a short break there. And now it's time for us to get to the questions that you guys have sent in using the tip link below. Once again, I'll remind you guys, if you guys want to send in a question for us to address here on the show or an upcoming companion video, use the tip link that's down in the description of this video or enter it in manually at www.streamlomits.com slash TV slash tip. You'll be getting your question on the show if it's, of course, appropriate for our show. And of course, you're supporting our channel and all of us thank you guys so much for your support. All right, let's get on over to it. What's our first question today? All right. Arthur Eldon says, hey, John, longtime viewer, AMC days, but first time tipper. Thank you, Arthur. I just want to say I'm a huge fan of the show. I aspire to be a filmmaker, particularly narrative filmmaking, and wanted to know your biggest challenges you overcame in your experience. Just getting off your ass and doing it. Like, every, that's the thing. Everybody with so many things in their life, it's like, I want to do this, but they never actually then prep because it seems like it's what's the old, uh, the, the old saying, like the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. I mean, it's true. Everybody sees the journey in front of them look so daunting. So they never take the first step. Just do it. Go take that class. Go read that book. Maybe go pick up a camera and start shooting a little five minute fun thing. You just had an idea off your head. Just do. Here's what I always tell people. Do something every day, no matter how small, that brings you a little bit closer to your goals. Just do one thing every day, even if it's a phone call you need to make. Just do something every day that moves you a little closer to goals. Just start doing it, man. Everybody waits for the heavens to open it up and some miraculous thing to open up to allow them to... No, no. Just do something practical today and get stoic. That's the biggest challenge. All right, what's next? Kurt says, I think the Willow meet the cast sketch was one of my favorite things from Disney Plus Day. It reminded me of Warwick Davis's show Life's Too Short on HBO, which he did in with Ricky Gervais. Hopefully HBO sees this and brings that show back too. I don't think HBO is going to see a little skit that they did to announce a, a show and say, oh, we should revitalize the show. That show was great, by the way. The episode with Liam Neeson. Did you guys see that? There's this I'm not episode with the show with Liam Neeson and there he's trying Liam Neeson is trying to insist he can do comedy and he goes, I can be funny. I can do comedy. It's like, okay, Liam, go, go ahead and do. All right. I have cancer. It's like, it's like oh my no, God. Liam, that's not funny. <laughs> I, I, you got to see it to know over time. It's, it's really, really, really funny. All right. What's next? B. Wayne NY says, hey, JC. So I watched Red Notice over the weekend and liked it. And I liked it. Okay. Typical heist movie with Indiana Jones twist. Great action and good story. Rockin' Reynolds, HD, the funny banter thing, and Godot was sexy thief. The only thing better would have been Reynolds and Jackman. Yes, everybody, please proofread. Please proofread before I'm you hit send. I'm dyslexic as it is. Uh, Please. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, it's funny because you know, a lot of people have been writing in to talk about how bad they thought. I, I am still too scared to watch because I love Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne The Rock Johnson so much. You'll I, love Ryan Reynolds in it. 
Will I? Yeah. Okay, you so you really watched will. it. I watched it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll love Ryan. He, I laughed out loud several times at Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. All right. He had some great lines. I just, I'm so scared because I don't want to watch something with them. That but the whole story, please don't get your hopes up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, since hearing from so many people saying they didn't really like it, I've, I've, I got a few messages from people saying, you know what? I just want to put my vote in there. That I actually kind of had a good time. So it's good to hear that. Thanks for that, B. Wayne. All right. What's next? Jack Drees says, heading into Boston tonight for a press screening, screening of King Richard. I'm e- eager to check out the film, not only as someone who enjoys tennis, but as a supporter of your show and the people on it. Go Aaron Cummins. You know, what's so funny is that the other day uh, I was, Anne was out she went to like new Japan wrestling. Her and a friend of ours went to go watch like new Japan wrestling the other night. And so I'm at home and I'm like, okay, what am I, what I'm going to do? I thought, you know what? I used to love when I was here, I used to love CSI, like the original CSI. Oh yeah. yeah and I heard yeah, they, they re- re- relaunched it. And I'm like, yeah, Grissom's back. You know what? I'll, I'll give it a shot. I put it on and there's Aaron's husband, Tom Dagnan is in it. Now he was in the episode where there's a murder at a swingers club or a murder involving some people in a swingers club. And so Tom Degnan plays one of the guys who's like a rich guy who's a regular at the swingers club and everything. It's like, and I'm like texting airs like, how did I not know Tom was in this? Oh my gosh. She goes, yeah, he, he got the, he got the feature guest role on, uh, on CSI, which was pretty cool. So not only will you see Aaron in King Richard this week, you're also going to see Tom. Tom is also Aaron's husband. Tom is also in the movie. I didn't know he, he was also in it. Yeah, he's also. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm super stoked about that. Oh my gosh! I can't okay, wait for no, both of that. Yeah, I was right. already excited, but yeah. All right, what's next? Leo Milmet says, "Lamb is the type of film I see all the time at my hometown's annual International Film Fest, but even weirder. It was not phenomenal and didn't leave me which." with much in the way of any emotion, but I got a cheer for something this weird getting a wide release. Listen, A24 has put out some weird looking shit. I mean, they're great. I love A24. Lamb just looks too weird for me. I heard some things about that Did movie. You? I, I just, it just looks so weird. I have no interest. Some great lead. Like the actress, I love her. I like a lot of stuff A24 does, but I, I just don't want to go watch it. Just don't want to go watch it. I'm glad you took the bullet for us, Leo. All right, what's next? Jackson says, with all the speculation about who's who in Spider-Man 3 or Doctor Strange 2, with the ending of Shang-Chi, he is with Wong. What do you think of the chances over under 50% of him appearing in either one of those films? I would love to see him again ASAP. Zero, absolute zero. Look, the one thing Kevin Feige doesn't do is just back up a truck and just throw whoever in for whatever reason. Yeah, he was with Wong, but that doesn't really mean anything. So I do not expect we're going to see Shang-Chi in this at all. I mean, I would love it too. I can neither confirm or deny. I've already watched Shang-Chi two more times since it came out on Disney Plus. But yeah, I really, I, does, I don't think it's going to happen. Does that make nine for you now? Uh, nine in total. Yes. Wow. Nine in total. All right, what's next? Jay Bling says, I don't think I've heard you talk about this, but I want your take on this. When the stars of San Andreas do interviews for new projects, one topic interviewers won't let die is the status of the sequel going to two. I get that a sequel is financially justified, but I never felt it was creatively justified. As natural disaster films, moneymakers are not do not have history of getting sequels. Do you feel like a sequel will happen? And do you think it should? The answer about should is, is, I mean, 
The only look is a business. Should you do it? Will it make money? If yes, then the answer is yes. You should do another one. Um, I like San Andreas. It wasn't the best Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie, no, but I liked it. It was fun. Um, I think part of the reason they keep talking about it is because people involved with the movie keep talking about it. And as a matter of fact, there was just a report last week saying, yeah, they're still working on it. So yes, I do completely anticipate that we will get a San Andreas too. Hmm. Uh, earthquakes are always in the news. So, uh, yeah, I do think we're going to get it. And yeah, listen, if it's going to be profitable, they should do it. And people are still wondering about it. So yeah, I think they're going to do it. All right. What's next? Brian O'Connor says, Hey, John and crew, did you know David Lowry's The Green Knight has a post credit scene? I did not. Oh, man. I saw this film three times and never thought to stay after the credits. I'm upset. How do you feel about non comic book, non franchise films having post credit scenes? Uh, first of all, uh, I had no idea. I saw the movie. I had no idea there was a post credit scene. I saw that movie. I love that movie. And I'm disappointed that I missed that. Yeah. I didn't know there was a post credit. No, no idea. I had no idea. Gotta um, look that up. Look, a post-credit scene is just like in a book. Like you tag on a little thing at the end that you just want to include in there. I think it's perfectly good. Listen, post-credit scenes and blooper reels were have been around. They did exist prior to comic book movies. I mean, I but mean, weren't they more like bloopers than? Yes, but then there's also things like coming soon kind type of stuff. No, or... not necessarily. Because you look at things like uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, there's a post-credit scene of Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with, uh, <laughs> what, are you guys still here? Like, I think it's perfectly fine if they want to, if it adds to the story. But again, I had, because you don't expect it, I yeah. certainly didn't stick around for a post-credit scene. So I honestly had no idea. Thanks for pointing that out, though, man. All right, what's next? Richie... Button Dawn says, I walked into sophomore year of high school when I first started watching you. Now I graduated a few months ago, and this is the first time I send in a question. Oh, thanks for being here, Richie. As an 18-year-old aspiring actor-director, what should I do from here besides the video slash shorts I make for YouTube? Go to school. I mean, look, the reality is... You always hear stories about, well, there's all this stuff they don't teach you in film school. Yeah, but you went to film school uh, there. You know, they don't teach you this part in film school. Yeah, but you went to film school. Honestly, nobody wants to hear everybody who talks to me about wanting to, you know, become a filmmaker. They never want to hear go to film school. They want to hear what a shortcut is. What's an easier way to do it. But honestly, when you look at all the really, I mean, when you look at all the majorly successful filmmakers, a huge percentage of them, went to film school. So I would honestly say, go to film school. I mean, you're doing the right thing. Start making your videos, start making little things you put up on YouTube or just for yourself or whatever. You're doing the right thing. But at some point, if you're going to be serious about this, go to film school. If that's what you, if you're really serious and that is your dream and that's what you want to pursue, then commit and go to film school. It doesn't guarantee you're going to be success. Not at all, but going to school to to study being an architect doesn't guarantee you're going to be a successful architect either. But if you're serious, go to film school, my man. I mean, and I say this as a, like, there's a reason I only make my own movies. There's a reason I only make my own movies. The reason why I'm an amateur hobbyist filmmaker. I'm not a real filmmaker. I've made a couple of movies, but I am not a real filmmaker. I am a hobbyist filmmaker. I make my own stuff. That, that's it. But if you want to be more than that, if I wanted to be more than that, I would immediately go to film school. So that that would be my guess. It's not the be all end all answer, but it's the thing that gives you your best chance, I think. All right, what's next? 
Kevin K- K98 says, Hi, John. As a casual fan of the game, I'm really happy with Arcane with the Arcane series. It's so great. However, I saw some hardcore fans voicing their frustration about how their favorite characters portrayed or events being retcon. I'm not surprised, but I feel sad for them. Yeah, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Look, I, I say this all the time. Look, I don't really know League of Legends all that well. All I care about when I go to a show, I don't give a flying fuck if something is super accurate to the book or super accurate to the game. I don't care. When I approach a show or a movie, I want the best show or movie possible. Now, I say this as somebody who doesn't really know League of Legends. All I know is that I sat down to watch Arcane because a bunch of people said I should try to watching it, and I think they've done a damn good job. I think it's been very entertaining. And I don't care about the boo-hoo, oh, this is different than it is in the game. I don't care. Make the best product possible. You've got to adapt. I say that all the time about comic books as well. Like the job, the number one job of a storyteller, either whether it's for TV shows or for movies, is not to make something as accurate to the source material as possible. That's not your number one job. Your number one job is to make the best product possible. And if that means you've got to adapt and make some changes like they do in the comic book movies all the time, then you do it. Cause that's the important thing. So I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I I'm not, I'm not one vested in league of legends all that. Well, I've got it literally sitting on my PC. I've got the, the icon for it right over there, but I've never really loaded it up yet, but I think arcane is really good. I, and I don't care if some diehard fans of the game are, are, are upset about it, whatever, whatever changes they made, they work. And I can say that from a clean perspective that all I've watched is this, and it works. And I'm, I'm really happy with it personally, but that's just me. All right. What's next? Zed Talk says, hey, John, I want to start a place to talk movies and shows. I want to do a YouTube, but I don't know how to make videos. Should I just do a blog or Instagram page? What would be your advice for starting one? Blogs, Instagram. Instagram's a great place for mm-hmm. stuff like that. Blogging. Listen, I started off blogging. I still think blogging is a great way to go. I, I really do. Uh, podcasting, if you want to. I think these are all great options. Listen, just go to wordpress.com, sign up for a free account. You can get a, a blog going really easily and stuff like that. Start having fun with it. And then evolve. Then you decide, oh, now I want to try adding a podcast. Well, then maybe you can do that later. I want to add an Instagram account to kind of supplement the blog. Maybe do. But I think a blog or an Instagram account are both good ways to start. So yeah, I love the idea, man. Go for it. All right, what's next? JP says, hi, John. Love the show and hope you're doing well. I saw that the second trailer for No No Way Home is premiering at Regal Sherman Oaks tomorrow. Would you ever go to a theater for a two-minute trailer? Thanks and have a good day. Nope, 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 nope. No way. I am not. If the, if the thing was five minutes up the street for me, yes. Would I drive a half hour to go watch a two-minute trailer? Would I drive a half hour to watch a two-minute trailer that is then going to be online 30 seconds later? No. The only thing I have ever done like that was when, this was a few months before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, Disney held a special event in Hollywood where they were showing like 15 minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy. Now remember, nobody knew anything about Guardians of the Galaxy. They were completely unknown to everybody. So as a part of their campaign, they thought a few months in advance, we're going to show 15 minutes of it to the press and to a bunch of fans. They made a big fan event out of it. For that, I went. But for a trailer? No. Especially when the trailer's just going to be online in 30 seconds. There, No. I mean, I like fanfare. 
So do I. I, I yeah. like that moment in the theater. Like, I always cry, cry that in Endgame, like, I was with, like, older members of my family. And when I was screaming, they were all telling me to shut up. <laughs> and so, and I was so envious of my friends that were in the theaters where people were like, ah! <laughs> And so, I don't know if you live close, but. All right. What's next? King Tannic says, Frodo, I wish none of this had happened. Gandalf. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All you have to do. That's a great Ian McKellen, by the way. Thank That's you so it. much. I, almost, I, I really feel worked like Ian very McKellen hard on that. In the room, I channeled right now. it. I, ch- I lit a candle in the corner. Um, you have to decide what to do with all the time that is given to you. Lord of the Rings marathon always makes me cry every time, man. Something every film fan <laughs> should do once a year is a Lord of the Rings marathon. Glad you're keeping the flame alive there, King Tantic. All right, what's next? DB the Niche says, "Can't think of a good question today, but thanks for the good work. So may the wind always be at your back." Aww. Oh, that's like listen we love everything that people write in but honestly it's really special when people just want to write in to say something nice like that so thank you for that db appreciate that very much dude all right what's next wow scott brown says saw fast nine and it was okay at best but i had low expectations the three dumbest things were dom underwater visions yep (laughs) (laughs) the fact that no that no one a scratch, no one had a scratch on them, and Dom hitting the one car that was skating on its side to catch Cena. The action was Looney Tunes. And don't forget the fact that Dom became the biblical Samson and did nothing but grab a chain and literally pulled the roof down on a place because he's Dom, infused with the power of family. I mean, it, <laughs> that movie is so stupid. Unless I say this as a You know, I adore Vin Diesel. I adore that dude. Like forever, I will adore Vin Diesel. He's awesome. And I'm a big fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. I am. But nine was terrible. Holy crap. Nine was terrible. Okay, what's next? Elliot Acosta says, John's second question ever asked you. I still can't get this out of my mind when I walk into the eternal spoiler talk you was doing. You was doing something weird and funny. Um, as Anne ever caught you doing something like that without notice, LOL. Well, I don't know what specifically you'd have to be more specific about what was I doing specifically in the eternal spoiler review that you walked that you, when you, Oh, first off, I mean, maybe I, you zoned out and was breakdancing or something. I certainly wasn't breakdancing. <laughs> that, that's never going to see the light of day. Um, I listen, I'm sure. Look, Anne and I have both walked in like in the middle of like without context, <laughs> like, like walked in in the middle of somebody saying something or doing something like totally without context and being like, what's going on here? Or what's, I mean, yes, yes. Happens, happens all the time. All right. What's next? Franklin says, Hey John, following Disney plus day, I'm a bit confused with the inclusion of disenchanted and hocus pocus too. Does this mean they will be on Disney plus exclusive movies and not at all in the cinemas? You're very perceptive, Franklin. That's exactly what that means. Yes. So they were showcasing that at Disney plus day. It means these are going to be movies, these you know, family trending kind of movies that they're going to put directly on Disney plus. So you're absolutely hundred percent right about that, man. All right. What's next? Gibby says, I think villains and heroes included all significant characters from previous Spider-Man films will have a part minus duplicate Venom and Goblin characters and minus love interest and one side character and other side characters. Excuse me. No matter how big or small the parts. I don't know, man. That's pretty ambitious. 
that's that's pretty much like all heroes and villains. I mean, listen, at this point, Gibby, ain't nothing gonna surprise me tonight in four hours, three hours, three hours and 59 minutes, ladies and gentlemen, three hours and 59 minutes until the Spider-Man No Way Home presentation. So we'll find out soon enough, my friend. All right, what's next? Gibby sends in another tip and says, in Spider-Man No Way Home, for me, if Andrew and Toby are not in the movie for backups, who is going to come to Spider-Man's aid? He is in over his head. Maybe it's not a fight he is supposed to physically win. I would say it's about damn time that they let Spider-Man stand on his own. I, I would say it's about damn time. The whole idea about the hero is is facing insurmountable odds, beating the odds, facing the challenges. And yeah, maybe it's, see, that's the hero's journey, right? And maybe it's time. Look, I believe Toby and Andrew are going to be in it, but, but if they aren't, maybe it's time that Spider-Man had to become the hero he is destined to be. And he does stand up to that challenge on his own. Maybe yes, maybe no. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Matthew Dominguez says, we will see Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man Spider No Way Home breaks the cinema world. Um, look, yeah, if Toby and Andrew are in it, it will absolutely break the internet. They're going to sell all the movie tickets. It will make all the money. All of it. All right, what's next? Anonymous says, hey, John, writing this before the No Way Home second trailer drops Monday, but I think you're reading the fan event poster wrong. I think it is referring to big surprises at the actual event itself for the trailer. Read it again. I think it's hyping the event. No, I know. I get you. But here's the thing. Why would you be at the event and bring out Tom Hardy on stage as, as Venom and not have and him in the bring trailer? out Tobey Maguire and you're doing all that and you're revealing it, but not put it in the trailer. That like to me that I mean listen you could be onto something there but I just don't see what the point would be to have them come out and say hi everybody and then they're not in the trailer what's hi, the everybody. point if you're not going to put them in the trailer don't reveal them on the stage you know what I mean so you might be right well again we'll find out in in three hours and in fifty seven minutes but I got a feeling if they're going to be on stage they'll be in the trailer but that's just a guess we'll find out all right what's next. Dangerous D says, hi, John, with an epic and historic meetups in both Marvel or DC, which is more exciting? Toby and Andrew meeting Tom Holland's Peter Parker in the Spider-Man movie or Michael Keaton possibly meeting Ben Affleck in a Flash movie? Honestly, neither. I don't care. I don't care about meetups. Meetups do not excite me. The idea of seeing Michael Keaton as Batman again is exciting. So cool. The idea of seeing Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man again is exciting. Michael Keaton's Batman meeting the flash, not exciting. Andrew Garfield meeting Tom Holland, Spider-Man, not exciting to me. Just them being there is to me the excitement. So yeah, to me, the notion of meet up is, is not the exciting part. It's just the participation of that particular nostalgic figure again. That's what does it for me at any rate. All right, what's next? Jay Bling says, I remember for a short while after Six Underground came out that while I had no desire to watch the whole movie, I had an interest in rewatching the action sequences because they were just so bonkers. I mean, the magnetized boat scene, LOL. <laughs> It was terrible, Jay. Yep. With Red Notice, not only do I have no interest in rewatching the whole movie, there's no individual sequence I have interest in revisiting. Uh, so in a way, I think I enjoyed Six Underground more than Red Notice. Yeah. I mean, listen, I don't think Six Underground sucked. 
I, I just thought it was a disappointing movie, but it's, it's not like terrible. It's not like I walked out like, oh my God, this is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. No, no, no. I just didn't think it was very good. And I, I didn't like the magnetized boat thing either. I thought, I thought that was pretty bad, but yeah, I could see from just from what I'm hearing, like I could see me liking six underground more than several movies that I think are worse than that. So yeah, I, I didn't think six underground was the worst piece of garbage. I think that's well pointed out Jay. Like at least you get some movies that you don't like, but there's elements in it that you found enjoyable. Right. And that will sometimes elevate it above other movies that you may have. All right, let's do, we've gone way over time today. Let's do one more today. What's our final question today? Anonymous says, so Netflix counts a watch by two minutes. So when you're scanning through looking for something to watch, the show starts at the top of the screen. Some are trailers, but some are actually the start of the show. Does that count as a view if you leave it running? You know what? Great technical question. Interesting. Because, yeah, you know, when you're, when you're just going through the Netflix menu, if you land on one thing, but you don't even hit, you don't hit play or anything on it, you land on a menu like a promo or a little thing will start playing for it on your screen right right that does not count as a view uh, they they make sure that that does not indeed count as a view so it's a great question to ask but no that does not count as a view all right guys listen we've gone uh, three hours and five <laughs> minutes today we are now three hours and 54 minutes from the spider-man no way home trailer revealed we're going to get a lot of answers I think tonight we will know. It's now, it's going to be definitive. It's going to be clear. If Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire in this movie, is uh, is Cox in this movie, is Tom Hardy in this movie? I mean, I think we're going to get a lot of answers and a lot more questions as well. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. So we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. We're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. Anyway, guys, that'll do for the show today. First of all, I want to thank the guys manning the main chat and stuff like that. Mr. Ray Aura. Oh, Ray, thank you, thank where you. can people follow you online? Uh, Ray Aura underscore. That's my Twitter. He dusted that one off. Thanks for that. <laughs> and of course, Kimberly Curran is here. What's good, Kimberly? Where can people follow you? Hey, guys, I'm on Instagram at was good, Kimberly. It's W-U-Z good, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. And guys, you, of course, can follow me on social media simply at John Campia. All right, guys, we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, by the way, there are still more questions to come from people like Dangerous D, uh, Tony Rodriguez, Matt McClure, Willow, and others. Do not worry, guys. We're going to do a companion video later tonight and get all cut up on all the questions that we didn't have a chance to get around to yet. All right, guys, that'll do it for me. Thanks a lot for being here today. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>